With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, today is a more somber episode in podcasts for, for, for at least our show. Generally speaking, we are, you know... Uh, I would say uh, a podcast that tries to bring laughter and uh, a little bit of comedy to what has been a, you know, tries to at least bring a little bit of comedy to what is, you know, been a a stinker of a year for the Islanders. And today, um, you know, obviously it's not going to be the same as it usually is. Obviously today we're going to be talking a lot about the passing of, of uh, Islanders and an NHL legend in Mike Bossy uh, this over the last few days here, Grum. Yeah, without a doubt. uh, Just, it's so funny this year you look at, you know, besides my personal losses within the last year, um, Clark Gillies, Jean Potvin, and now Mike Bossy. And for me, I look at it. It's like, wow. It's like, it's, it's hard to see your childhood heroes uh, pass away. You know, particularly when I was a young person, his thing, they're not really much older than I am. I'm very close to their age. And it's just sad. I just, you know, it's just the passing of time. I mean, you come to realize it and you kind of realize your own mortality a little bit. So it just, like I said, another devastating loss for the Islanders community. You know, regardless of how the season turned out, I mean, the bigger loss, the bigger picture is, you know, John Potvin, Clark Gillies, and now Mike Bossy passing away within the last, you know, two or three months. Just devastating for the you, for the island community really is you think about the blueprint you know and you think about the impact it has on on the franchise and and what the i mean you talk about how the the people you just mentioned and and uh and jethro as well as as mike bossy over here had a an enormous impact forming the identity of the new york islanders and and, and forming that best dynasty that the nhl oversee yeah without a doubt I mean, that Gillies, 
uh, Trottier bossy line, one of the top lines in the history of the game. I mean, without a doubt, uh, you know, Mike bossy won uh, Lady Bing trophy, Con Smythe trophy, uh, Calder trophy. I mean, just a f- tremendous uh, goal scorer. I mean, one of the most pure goal scorers in the history of the game. I'm not going to say the greatest of all time, but he's right up there in the short list. Let me just put it to that way. Certainly top five. Just a pure shot, a total sniper, and his ability to kind of get open to find the open spots in the defense, uh, just tremendous. And I always remember that goal that he scored off of Vancouver um, when they won the Stanley Cup where he was his whole body was off the ice as he's taking the shot. Just incredible. I tell you. Oh, the 50 is. and 50, you know, against. Oh. Grumpy old man, I think maybe having a little bit of uh, internet issue, but uh, yeah, Mike Bossy there scoring fifty goals there year after year after year after year, and if it wasn't for that back injury that slowed him down there towards the end, he he would have had a chance. You know, I, you know <laughs> I'm sorry, Grumpy, or he did he did set the record. He's got the most fifty consecutive fifty goal seasons in a row, correct? Yep, nine. And his last season, he was playing through the back injury. I think he had thirty eight goals. In 68 games, if he hadn't got, I mean, that's what ended his career. I mean, after, you know, that 68 games, that's it. He was done. And, you know, he still had more hockey in him with the exception of that back injury. Um, who knows how many more years he could have got 50 in a row. Gretzky never did that. Lemieux never did that. Just Mike Bossy, nine in a row. I just don't see that as a, with the way the NHL is played now, particularly with the goaltending situations, I don't see that changing. I just think it's too difficult. I, I don't either. I, you know, and it's, it's and think one about of when he came in. It's not like he started when he was 18 years old. He's 21. That's when they had, the, you know, you were drafted in your 20 year old season. So it's like not like where the kids are drafted at 18 now. It was, they were 20. Let, let me ask you this. And I'm sure we'll have a few comments about this too anytime you think about it. And here's one from Emmanuel saying, Good evening, gents. Bossy, main reason he's an Islander fan. There was no one like Mike, but he's got to ask. Mike Bossy or Alexander Ovechkin. Now, that's one of those items that always come up of who is the best natural and pure goal scorer in the history of the, in the game and the sport. Okay. Mike Bossy was a winner. I'm not saying that Ovechkin isn't. Ovechkin, much more of a physical presence and a better probably all-around player um, because he could play in any era, any era. Um, he could have played in the 50s. Ovechkin played the physical game. That was not Mike Bossy's game, but for pure goal scoring, I want to say Mike Bossy. And and before we get too much into into more about Mike Bossy and the Islanders' recent performance against the uh, Montreal Canadiens, um, if you're new to the show, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. We go live every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is the best way to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action. We also cover games live. Um, I know we didn't cover this Friday's game, but we will be covering this Tuesday's game um, live there. We do cover out again live. That will be against the Florida Panthers on this Tuesday. Um, so, again, as long as they do not play live on a Thursday or a Sunday, we'll cover the game live. The only reason we do not cover games live on a Thursday and a Sunday is 
is solely because we have another podcast, which is a general sports podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. You could find that in the link in the description below, or you can find it as a featured page or a featured channel on our YouTube homepage there. So again, we do that every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and every single Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. And we're only a week and a half away from uh, covering the NFL draft. draft. I can't believe it's upon us. I'm excited. Is it funny to think the first time we ever did a show on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, it was on the NFL draft? And it was terrible. It was terrible. That first show was bad. It was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. TJ was so miserable. Oh, bullshit. He spent half the night in the bathroom. What do you mean? Get the hell out of here. Everyone knows how TJ is. Oh, that's right. We'll do something for the draft this year, too. Maybe we'll cover it again if the people want us to live. It'll be fun. What, um, the NFL draft on Thursday night? I yeah. guarantee we're covering that. Yeah, I'm just saying we'll probably be covering it. We're not going to ask anybody. That's what we're doing. Oh, that's what we're doing. There it is, Grumpy. There it is. But, um, yeah, and, you know, back back to a little bit about, about Mike Bossy. I mean, you think about the impact he's left on the NHL too. I mean, the the footprint, it it just, it's, it's hard to quantify how important he was at the time period when he was playing at, at, you know, for the NHL. Here's the thing, you know, when I did, I was watching some YouTube videos yesterday and I was of Larry bird as a basketball player. And it reminded me of Mike bossy. And what I mean by that is no one today of a certain age, even knows who he is. Yeah, they've maybe heard the name. Maybe they saw him at the tail end of his career. But it's really player uh, players, uh, fans of my age that remember him when he was truly great. And, you know, they just – and it's just the way it is, right? Once you're gone 20 years, nobody remembers who you are. Uh, so it's like old-timers like me, which have to whip it out and just say, hey, you know, this guy was truly great. And, you know, it was the same thing with Larry Bird. You know, you forget how great a player he was and immediately thought, made me think about Mike Bossy, how a whole generation of fans, maybe they've heard the name, but they really don't know how great he really was. Everyone now is thinking Ovechkin. 30 years from now, people are going to, you know, it's going to be somebody else who's a great goal scorer. And they say, oh, yeah, remember Ovechkin? Oh, yeah, I remember the name. And it's just a shame that those, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. You could say that about a lot of NHL players, right? Maurice the Rocket Richard, uh, Jean Beliveau, Yvonne Cornoyer, all from Montreal, uh, guys like Norm Ullman or Alex Del Vecchio, or even Gordy Howe, as revered he is. How many people actually saw Gordy Howe play in his prime? I didn't. My dad did. And he would tell me stories about Gordy Howe all the time, but I never saw him play. Bobby Orr, I did see play live. And you know what? He just lives by and just films. But for the older players, you never really get to see that. It's a shame. Mm. It is. And and it does make you think a little bit about how the time just passes in in a guy like, I mean, like, I'm sorry, a guy like Bossy here. I mean, all Islander fans know the impact of a guy like Mike Bossy. And they understand, you know, the magnitude of, of, of how important he was and how dominant he was and how integral part of a piece he was to this Islanders puzzle. And, you know, maybe it gets glossed over a bit because it is the Islanders and it's not, you know, uh, he wasn't for playing for Montreal. It wasn't playing for the Rangers. It wasn't playing for Toronto. You know what I mean? I always wonder if that has a little bit to do with it. Also, you mentioned how, you know, they kind of get forgotten a little bit in the background. 
I think the Islanders are a forgotten dynasty. Not for that's, not for that, that's that's what I wonder too, because we were so bad for so many years that they'd kind of forgotten about the greatness that was of you know the Islanders in the eighties. Yeah, without a doubt, because you know we're a small. I hate that small market team, but you know we play in New York. You're not a small market team, but that's how we're looked at around the league, really. And we had that success at the beginning, but. You know, when Bill Torrey was the GM and Roy Bow was the owner and Al Arbor was coaching, we had all those great young players who were drafted up through the system. That's why we need the draft and we need to get better in the draft. Um, but after that, after that glory run was over, I mean, we had a couple of sprinklings of good years here and there, but mostly been a bad franchise, you know, with bad ownership, bad coaching, ill-advised trades. I mean, we've seen a turnaround the last few years. I just hope we can sustain it. Uh, we are going to need to make some changes this offseason, and I just hope that uh, people are ready for it. I really do. Mm. Yeah, I, I think there are changes that, that do have to be made, but that, that's with all teams, right? I mean, your team's not making moves and your team's not making, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm talking about this team in particular. It's not like we have a whole bunch of young guys and we can grow with them. This team needs to change if we're going to contend for a Stanley Cup. No, I, I don't disagree with that at all, Grump. Um, but yeah, obviously, I mean, we had talked, and for those of you who weren't aware, and, and maybe you're new here to the, the situation, you're new to the show, uh, Mike Bossy was battling uh, lung cancer. And yeah. it's, it's I think, kind of what, what got him there towards the end, too. It's funny, when Clark Gillies passed away and you didn't hear anything from Mike Bossy, it, I, to myself, I thought, I bet you he's really bad off. Because and he normally, doesn't want to be seen that one last time, or he doesn't want to be seen in such a diminished state. Well, but he didn't even put out a tweet or anything like that, or nothing, at least not to my knowledge. So that made me think he's probably not doing well. That's what I was thinking. And less than, what, two months later, he's gone as well. I mean, cancer is an insidious disease, and, you know, you get it. You know, it's not good news usually. No. Certainly lung cancer. Absolutely grumpy. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the, the Islanders in the NHL losing an absolute legend. You know, I, I can't quantify, you know, his importance, as I've said earlier. It's a somber moment. It really is. And I'm going to tell you what. The Montreal Canadiens are a class organization. Always have been. Class organization. I mean, you know, they have guys who played there go to all the games. They had an interview with Rajon Hul, and I remember him playing actually um really solid uh really solid forward really good defensively but was a number one draft pick and he just you know he remembered all those islander teams of the past he remembered the players and he, you know they had the moment of silence and he was from that area so you know i guess you expect that but just really a nice uh, something they didn't have to do but that they did it was nice really nice Grumpy, and I know here's the thing. Let's let's go ahead and show this. I don't I don't care if it gets <laughs> if it's gonna take us from being demonetized. I just know Sportsnet won't take the stream down. The only time I won't show something that will demonetize us is if it's gonna take the stream down. So why don't you just describe it then so we don't have to go through this again? Oh no, no, no. It's gonna have much more of an impact. I think the biggest thing about Mike is obviously he's a good skater, he's a great puck handler, but uh, I think his biggest asset is different types of shots that he has. 500, Mike Bossy! 
Rossi. Mike is a, is a great anticipator of the situations out there, and he gets himself in a good scoring position. Scores! Wow, Bossy! When I started in the National Hockey League, I wanted to be the best player that I could possibly be, and I've worked um, in that vein ever since I started. Islanders again on that left wing. It's Trotsky in over the line. He's working right in the goal over. But they score! Bossy, what a magnificent setup that was. For an all-time great, he could still get a little lost in the shuffle, overlooked at times. Despite being a key component of one of the greatest dynasties in NHL history. Right in front of Bossy, scores! But ask yourself one question. Has there ever been a more pure and proficient goal scorer than Mike Bossy? Then look at the numbers and ask yourself again. And it's two on one. Trotsky with Bossy. What more can you ask? Bossy grew up in Montreal and was a prodigy from the beginning. As a five-year-old, he once scored 23 goals in a single game. Playing junior hockey in Laval, he scored 308 goals in four full seasons and took a beating every game as opposing teams and their coaches tried to neutralize his skills inside or outside the rules. It was a battle that Bossy would be forced to fight for the rest of his career. Some pro scouts discounted Bossy's scoring stats in the offense-heavy QMJHL and wondered whether he had the strength and durability to survive playing against men in an NHL that was much more predatory than it is today. Hmm. That skepticism prevailed on draft day in 1977. His hometown Montreal Canadiens passed on it with their first pick. The New York Islanders held the number 15 pick and Bill Torrey never imagined Bossy would be available there. The timing was right for us. We had built a pretty solid defensive team. We had built a team that was strong up front uh, from a size standpoint, but we did lack someone who could put the puck in the net on a consistent basis. I told them if I was to play regular, I was gonna go out and get 50 goals. Once I got to training camp, uh, you know, that confidence just kept on building. At his first training camp, Bossy was matched with a gifted young center named Brian Troche and an intimidating power forward named Clark Gillies. They became the trio grande from their inception, one of the best lines in the sport. Mark Gillies on the wing to Trotje, going for the goal, score! And that was set up beautifully by Gillies in the slot, moving it across the line, over to Trotje, then to Bossy. Gillies, centering it, Bossy scores! In his first season, Bossy broke the rookie goal-scoring record and won the Calder Trophy. In January 1981, he became the first player since Rocket Richard to score 50 goals in his first 50 games, hitting the mark in dramatic fashion, scoring twice in the final five minutes of the third period in front of an ecstatic crowd at the Nassau Coliseum. Right to Trotsche, the Bossy, shoots, he scores! Mike Bossy has his 50th goal! A standing ovation, 50 for Bossy, off the bench, come the entire New York Conference team. Each of his first nine seasons, Bossy scored at least 50 goals. Wayne Gretzky only managed to do it eight times in a row. So Mike Bossy, what a shooter he's turned out to be in his brief career in the NHL. His Islanders won four consecutive Stanley Cups and a remarkable 19 straight playoff series. 
by any measure, one of the greatest dynasties in the history of hockey. Trache in full play with Bossy. It's a two-on-one. Even in his 10th and final season in the NHL, crippled by back injuries, Bossy scored 38 goals in 63 games. But by then, the pain was so intense that Trache had to help him lace up his skates. I didn't want to go out and only play half the games because of my bad back. Not playing the way that I knew that I could was just discouraged me to the point where I said, I'm not going to play anymore. It's tempting to think about what might have been had Bossy been able to play out a long and healthy career. Instead, like Bobby Orr's, Mike Bossy's career was greatness abridged and perhaps greatness magnified. But for a few games at the end, we never saw less than his best. No one has given me more of pleasure. No one is any better. The greatest is here on Long Island. Number 22, Mike Bossy. Is it weird when I watch that, Grump? The only thing I can think of is going forward, the only time you're going to see items like that from, from Bossies is going to be, you know, in Toronto at the, at the Hall of Fame, as odd as it is. You know what I mean? That's... It, it's odd to think that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll always remember the quote Al Arbor said when, you know, Bill Torrey asked him if they should draft Bossy or somebody else. He's like, you draft the guy who can score. I can teach him how to play defense. You can't teach a guy to be a goal scorer. And that still holds true today, right? Mm. I mean, there's certain innate talents that hockey players have that not everyone has. You can teach him some of the other things. You cannot teach a guy to be a natural goal scorer. And Mike Bossy was that. Yeah, absolutely was, Grumpy. Man, I tell you, the news the news hit hard when it came in for certain. I'm sure. Yeah, not surprising. Grumpy. Not surprising. Um, the Clark Gillies one was, uh, I thought, a shock. And we were we were live. Um, it happened right at, it happened during the game, and somebody yeah, had tweeted about it, and we thought it was all a joke, or somebody was dis yeah. making a distasteful tweet about how he had passed. And right after the game, they had announced it. So yeah, we were live when when Clark Gillies did die. Yeah. So, but yes, Grumpy. Moving on from from Mike Bossy a bit here. The Islanders played the Montreal Canadiens. Um, yesterday on Friday evening, not a game where we look dominant, a game where I would say Montreal, uh, you could, everybody who watched could safely say Montreal was probably the better team over yeah. the full 60 minutes. Um, but man, oh man, Sorokin stood on his head and bailed the Islanders out and, and, and drug them to victory last night. He was fantastic. He was the best player on the ice. He was the first, second and third star and throwing the fourth and fifth as well. He was tremendous. Uh, that second period, he stood on his head. We got a little break uh, with Montreal putting on pressure in the third, a uh, three-on-O break, and uh, Barzell makes a nice pass to Parise uh, to finish that goal. Um, and that was it. Then they scored another. Uh, Dobson scores a goal not more than two minutes later, and you knew the game was over. And then and Nelson got his empty net assisted by Anders Lee. There you go. There you go. The typical Anders Lee, Brock Nelson special, empty netter, no pressure. The thing that bothered me is that we were dominated by one of the worst teams in the league. Well, since since Marty St. Louis has been there, they haven't been one of the worst teams in the league. They've been, they, you know, they show signs every once in a while too. I, I'm not saying they're fantastic, but yeah, we were dominating. I mean, 
we were outshot. What was it, forty-four to nineteen? I mean, yeah. we we were we were uh, for the most we part were dominated. I, I don't think there's any nice way to say it. I mean, you look at the chances and opportunities generated. It wasn't like oh, they're just shooting off from the blue line and hey, they're hitting some and they're easy saves for for Sorokin. I mean, he was he had to be spectacular yesterday to keep us in that game. A couple of posts, a couple of just kind of. Bounced off a post and bounced off of him. One goes right behind him through the crease. I mean, it's just, like I said, when you're good, you're lucky too. And uh, that's what happens when guys feel that, you know, okay, we really got to be laser perfect to score. They kind of hit post because it's tough. And he was spectacular last night. Um, and once again, I, I like the play of uh, Noah Dobson. Again, I thought Kiefer Bellows shows that he is not out of place playing with Matt Barzell. They're a good fit together. And Zach Parise, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, did you, guys did you who, mean Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom playing with Matt Barzell? Kiefer Bellows. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Um, I thought about, you know, which contracts, which guys are playing, earning their money. Uh, we mentioned Noah Dobson uh, outperforming his deal. I think you say the same thing about Zach Parise, particularly the last couple of – last couple of weeks or last month or so he scored a lot of goals the last month or so good for him he's he's played well and again he's a guy who he you talk about issues on the team he's not one of the guys that ever nope. pops up he's done nope. a great job i know you were hesitant at first you thought it was a bad signing over the offseason you say it's the one thing you made a mistake on and admittedly you say it um but you know it, it's one of those items where zach parise i tell you you know it, you talk about going into next year. He's a piece you could say solidly. I feel confident that he could foot the bill next year. But do you want to see him on your first line? No. Here, no. Here's that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what I was about to say. I, I like to see him in a bottom six role. I like to see him killing penalties. I like to see him occasionally find some time on the power play. I don't want to see Zach Parise next year playing 17 to 19 minutes a night. That's what I don't want to see happen. I mean, best players get the ice time, but I don't know. And it's not like I was opposed to the Parise signing. I just didn't uh, remember what remember what Trotz and Lamarillo said at the beginning of the year. It's Stanley Cup or bust. And I just didn't think that he was a difference maker. And I guess he really hasn't been, but he's certainly been one of the better performers all around this year, without a doubt. Even when he wasn't scoring, his hustle and drive was there. And you expected that to rub off on some of the teammates, but it didn't. Now, let me ask you about this. Now, Sorokin has has played fantastic hockey, fantastic hockey. And this this little graphic, too, Sorokin's recorded his seventh shutout of the season. Now he's tied for the most shutouts in a single-season Islanders history with Glenn Resch as well as, as uh, Simeon Varlamov, who set that last year as well. Now, let me ask you, have you happened to see what Sorokin's numbers look like? I mean, they're phenomenal. And it makes me pose the question of if the Islanders were a playoff team would Sorokin be a finalist for the Vesna? Because winning, believe it or not, it doesn't matter how great the save percentage is, the goals against average is, doesn't matter how many shutouts you have, doesn't matter how many spectacular highlight reel saves you make, they always account winning in for this too. They they do that with pitchers and baseball as well, where wins are very important for goalies. Don't ask me why it's such a, a you know important barometer for these people who vote. But if the Islanders were in the playoff hunt or in the playoff pitcher, do you think that, uh, that uh, Sorokin would be a finalist for the Vesna. Um, we would have to be more than just scraping into the playoffs. Sisterkin, the reason why he's up there is the Rangers have made a drastic improvement from last year. 
And, and Shosturkin deserves to win the Vesna. Nobody else deserves it. I'm just saying to be a finalist. I think Shosturkin deserves the Vesna. Um, I, you know what? His numbers are not great. They're good. Uh, and here's the thing. If he had been our starting goalie the last couple of years, um, I think his numbers would be way better because right now we're not playing great team defense for the most part, which has been the case for most of the year. We're, we have, we're slow on the back end. Our forwards have not been coming back to help out. This for the majority of the year. Of course, you know, we've picked it up a little bit. Um, but uh, like I said, if he was playing this style of play, this level of play for the last two years, absolutely. This year, I don't know. His just numbers aren't good enough. I know his save percentage is 928. Uh, I think his uh, goals against is 2-4 something. Um, but you want to know why people – say wins are important, you know, when they look at stats, because that's what you're paid to do is win. Grant Fuhrer, you know, I've mentioned on the show before, he didn't have the greatest goals against average, but you know what? He always came up big in the big games. He'd make the big save at the big moment. Sorokin is like that as well. He really is. So Sorokin's stats this year, he's got a 9-2-8 save percentage and a 2-2-9 goals against average. I mean, okay. he's spectacular. He's an unbelievable goalie. And 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 here's the thing. I just think to to weigh wins is a large portion. I think is it, it can be deceptive at times. It's the same reason why, right? Pitchers can't help batters hit, and a goalie cannot affect you know his team putting the puck in the net and him facing 44 shots a night. I mean, like he has no no impact in it at all. What he does is he stops the puck from going in the net. And if you do a good job of that, you're the best around. And if you do the best job at stop, stopping a puck from going to the back of the net, you're the best goalie around. I don't care how many wins it amounts to. Your team could be so offensively inept, it hurts you and affects how many wins you have. Well, he's been dominant for the most part for us this year. Spectacular, spectacular. You talk about one of those pieces, right? Okay, where do we see, you know, hope? Where do we see, you know, items that are, this is a guy you can build around? Sorokin is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. He's a cornerstone goalie. He's a guy who's, mm, I'm not going to say it, Grum. Okay, I don't know what you're not going to say. I'm not going to say that he's got a chance to be the best goalie the franchise has ever seen. Um. It's early yet. It's early. That's why I said I'm not going to say it. I'm just saying, right? He's got but, the. But make you threw it out I, there. I, I, I threw it out there anyway. Okay. I'm just saying. I think I seriously do believe that he's got the chance to be the best goalie the franchise has ever had. He does have that chance. He's going to have to play a, quite a few years, though. And he's going to, you know, he he will have to play quite a few years. It's not a, just about a one. I mean, he's in the prime of his career right now. Sorokin is. Yeah. Right. He's 26 years old. It's not like this is a young guy. He's in the prime of his NHL career. Goalies last a long time. But Sorokin is spectacular. And what we see out of him that we see game in and game out, unbelievable saves. The athleticism is just second to none. And he moves like a cat back there. And I think what we've seen this year and even towards the tail end is what you should expect going forward. Think about this. Think about the numbers. I, I want you to let that sink in. He has a 9-2-8 save percentage and a 2-2-9 goals against average. That is with Andy Green and Zdeno Chara as two every game defensemen in front of him. Andy Green at 38 years old and 40, what is he, 43, 44-year-old Zdeno Chara? 44. Uh, every single night, those are two guys he has playing in front of him. Yeah. 9-2-8 yeah. save percentage, 2-2-9 goals against average. You know, Martin Brodeur, when he was playing with the Devils, yeah, he was acknowledged as, you know, one of the better goalies. But everyone always says Patrick Wah. Why? Because it's a system. So 
Brodeur, even though he leads, I think, in all categories now. Yeah, gross um, wins, all that other stuff, yeah. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves because he played for the Devils, which plays a button-up, always played a button-up uh, defensive style. So he wasn't getting the credit for being how good as he really was. And I think that's what you see with Islander goalies because you see when you have Leonard and Varlamov and Grice, they all come through the system and they all play great for the Islanders. They go somewhere else, not so good. Uh, I think that'll hurt Sorokin in the eyes of uh, pundits. And, and it's worth it is worth saying, right? When you talk about Martin Brodeur, he still did win four Vesnas. And right, yeah. you talk about it. You know, he had he is a final, or he was a fi- was a finalist as top three or top five? Top three. Okay, and he finished as the finalist one, two, three, six, seven, eight. Nine. He was a finalist nine times in his NHL career. I mean, the guy was spectacular, right? He's the best. I would assume he's the best goalie to ever play the sport, right? You look at you look at what he's amassed in his career. He's, he's on the short list, you know, the short list. It's really hard to say greatest ever unless you're talking football quarterbacks, um, TB12. But, right. you know, it's just from era to era, it's really, really tough. Like in NFL, Johnny Unitas was regarded as the greatest quarterback of all time. Bar none. My dad's on play. The master of the two-minute drill. This is when quarterbacks were calling their own plays. Okay? This is when the game was run-oriented. And I forget how many games in a row he threw a touchdown pass. I think 48, 49 games, which was ridiculous for back in that time frame. The game of football is totally different now than it was back in the 50s and 60s. And so is hockey. Totally different from how it was in the 70s and the 80s. It's that's why it's it's tough to compare. It for certain is, yeah, and that's what I'm saying about Mike Bossy. If he played in today's NHL with the sticks they have now, with the fact that you can't just just brutalize skill players, um, his toughness. People forget how tough he was. I mean, that's why his back was injured. I mean, taking a lot of those cross checks to the back. I mean, if he played today. He'd be right up there scoring goals like Ovechkin without a doubt, career-wise. And that's why I consider it a wash, right? Goalies are much better. The style that goalies play is much better, but you've got a better stick. There's no more people. Nobody uses a wooden stick out there on the ice. They're all composite. And you're right. You're talking about how easy, how many power plays are gifted left and right because of little taps on the wrist. You talk about, you know, the, the skilled players have a lot more freedom and flexibility to, you know, demonstrate what they can do on the ice. Without a doubt. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we won against the Montreal Canadiens. You know, it was a game that I'll be – you're lucky. I have a bone to pick with Barry Trotz. Why is that? We win the game, and he's still making excuses. What excuse are you talking about? We're a tired team. Uh, You know, we've played five games a week, seven of the last eight games. You know, we had COVID. We had the road trip. I'm like, dude, that's not why your team uh, isn't making the playoffs. You just weren't good enough. Every team went through COVID, every single team. Well, you know, we had to make up games. Well, now you don't have that. I mean, my question for you, TJ, is what's acceptable, an acceptable record for the rest of the year, the last eight games? (laughs) What would make you happy as an Islander fan? Because we're playing a majority of good teams coming up. 
eight no. Eight no. Okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> well, not happening. Or you're asking me what? Uh, not accept. Hey, I, I take eight no any day of the week. Uh, that being said, right, sh- you, going through the going through and actually showing it, we have tough teams right now. Toronto could use that excuse. They're playing tonight. They're playing right now as we speak. Um, so you know they're playing against the Ottawa Senators in a three-three tied game, and they play us tomorrow. So maybe they're gonna have tired legs then. But I mean, you look at the schedule, right? You've got Toronto, you've got the Florida Panthers, you've got. I think we, I think we probably beat Toronto. I Is think it? we get beat by Toronto, even though they're playing tonight. Absolutely. Well, that was another excuse Barry Trotsky made. Well, you know they came out playing really hard. You know they were rested. You know. We played back. We're going to be rested now. We're rested. I mean, yeah, but he never comments that. I mean, I just, I just don't like excuses. And the more I listen to him this year, he's just making excuses all the time. Stop making excuses. You're still under contract. You're not going to lose your job this year. Stop making excuses. The fan base, the, the fan base knows what they've seen this year. You don't need to make excuses for them. Would you say that this year he's made more excuses for poor play and, and you know underperformance than he has in years past? I think he's made more excuses this year than he has in his entire tenure with the Islanders. I I never heard him making excuses before. This year, it's the excuse of the week club, honestly. Just stop it. Just stop it. You weren't good enough this year. You want to say it's a one-off? Great. I don't believe it is. But if you want to say that, great. You don't need to make excuses for it. So we are thinking we're losing to Toronto. Uh, yeah. I think we beat Toronto. I, I I just have that feeling, right? I I think Varlamov's going to be a net against Toronto also. Um, Tuesday, we play against the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers have won nine games in a row. They are the best team in the Eastern Conference. One of the best teams in the NHL, I think close second there to Colorado, or they're very close, both of those two teams. But uh, I think we lose to the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I'll go with that. I think we're going to lose the next two games. I think think, we beat the Rangers because we always beat the Rangers. I think there's, yeah, I was about to say, when we look at that, we look at that, I feel very confident saying that we beat the Rangers. And, you, you know, we can circle which goalies will be in for which nights. I can promise you, you put a little circle next to the Rangers, Sorokin <laughs> will be in that against the Rangers. And I tell you, he plays some of his best hockey when him and Shesterkin are facing off. And I think you're going to see Sorokin tomorrow against the Maple Leafs. I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. Um, hey, you know what? Time to overplay. You know, it should be on a two to one basis. You're not making the playoffs. And 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 this is this is another thing too I've thought about. And and I, I think I was talking about it in Phil one of these evenings as well. Sorokin playing in the KHL is acclimated and used to playing 40 games or 40 plus games in a regular season and then playing in, in playoff hockey. Last year when they played, it was a shortened NHL season. This year, right, we've got a full NHL regular season, but no playoffs, unfortunately, for the Islanders this year. It's time to say, all right, we're going to load you up and play you a whole bunch of regular season games here down the stretch, too. You've got all offseason to kind of recoup, get back ready for it. But, you know, come next year, right, if you're in a playoff pitcher, you want to make sure, hey, your body can play 55 to 60 games in a regular season and be poised for playing 20-plus games in the postseason. Yeah, I also remember something where you said you and Phil discussed that Sorokin's a better player when he doesn't play a lot of games in a row. Well, that's, he, that's what Phil said, yeah. yeah. I said that. I'm, nah, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Here's the thing. I know he gave up four goals against Pittsburgh, but he was really good against Pittsburgh, and he was spectacular last night in back-to-back games. 
uh, saving over 40 saves both games. So that's just, you know, that that theory doesn't hold water either. Phil. Phil's fiction. <laughs> Phil's fiction. But I think we definitely beat the Rangers. I yeah. think the, the Buffalo Sabres, I think that's, that's one win. I chalk up as a win for the Islanders. I think the Hurricanes away is a loss. I know we beat them That'll recently. Be I think we I, I think we beat them recently at PNC Arena. Um, right at the end there with that Palmieri goal in the last 10 seconds, I would probably chalk that up to a loss. There's probably an excuse coming for that game as well. Back well, to you, back. You you look at it, right? I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes technically are in first place in our division. They're ahead of the Rangers right now with the game in hand. So all these games that we thought may not have a big matter for the Islanders because, oh, these teams pretty much have cemented in their playoff berth. These teams have cemented in their seating. That's not the case. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes now have taken over and jumped and leapfrogged. Or I'm sorry, maybe they, they've already been up there for a good bit longer. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the last 10 games. So they've been up there a good bit longer, but the Rangers are on the heels. So again, it makes more of a, hey, the Carolina Hurricanes want that home ice advantage, I would assume. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? You see these playoff teams, they want to get into some type of a run going into the playoffs. I mean, Carolina's been struggling a little bit down the stretch. Um, little, you know, They had a little losing streak going. They maybe have kind of righted the ship. Um, we're going to see, uh, but I don't see the Islanders beating the Hurricanes. That, that's going to be a payback game. You talk about you talk about what's happening in the wild card spots as well, right? It, it seems to be you know pretty much cemented in. I know that the, the Capitals have a few games in hand, but I, I would assume the Penguins are going to get the three spot. You know, unless something crazy happens down the road. I know that the Capitals who have three games in hand, and technically, if they won every single one of those games, right, they'd be one point ahead of the Penguins. Yeah, okay. They've got a lot of games to play in a short time span where the Penguins have more space in between them. Let's just assume that the, the Washington Capitals are wild card. They're going to be playing the, the Florida Panthers, and that means you've got Tampa and the Boston Bruins fighting for the, for the other wild card spot that either the Carolina Hurricanes or the New Jersey or the, or the New York Rangers are going to face off against. Ideally, you don't want to be facing off against Tampa Bay in the first round. That is for certain. Without a doubt. That's a team you don't want to play in the first round. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Also, you've got it where Tampa they're facing off against Winnipeg. It's a four four tie entering into the into the third period. They do have one point advantage over the Boston Bruins, and they do have that game in hand. So you know those are all things that do matter. And, and the Bruins did beat the Penguins here earlier on today. And the Bruins have been struggling a little bit as of recent. They've been losing a bunch of games down the stretch. So you know they're. Not hot right now. Goaltending situation has been iffy with Omar, uh, Omar and Swayman. So who knows what's going to happen with them. Uh, like I said, you want to be hot if you're a playoff team. But yes, we're beating the Sabres. We're probably losing to the Hurricanes. I say we split the two games with the Capitals. Okay, I could see that. One's one. This one's away. This one's home. So you know, I or I'm sorry, this is home. This is away. So uh, you know, I could see us, you know, winning winning one of those games and losing one. Maybe we lose one in overtime and win one. And and the Tampa Bay Lightning at the end of the season, as long as it has no implication for you know that's their a seating, loss. That's a loss. Well, here's the thing. If it has no implication on their seeding, I don't think it matters much. They may rest up some guys and get them ready for the playoff run. Because, right, technically, it's it's a tie game right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have played the same amount of games. They're only four points back. 
So you talk about how close the Atlantic division is. You you could have any one of those teams. I would say that pretty much Boston could probably go from three to four. Tampa could go anywhere from two to four. So you, you could have a lot of movement and changing on over these last few few games. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling that a loss. So I think so over the last eight games, are you happy with the three and five record? Ugh. I mean, that's, 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 that's what, what I, like I realistically it. expect. I think if here's the thing, if you're able to go four, three and one, I'm happy. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean I guess three, I think we're probably going three. What do I think? Probably three and five or three, four and one. But if we're able to go four, three and one, Hey, you know what? At least we did okay to close out the rest of the season. I, I think feel, it's a tough ass based off of the teams we're playing, but I, I'd take that any day of the week. I'd say six and two is the only thing that would make me feel good. These are again. These are playoff teams. These are teams we struggle against. Our record against playoffs teams is resoundingly worse than worse than a five hundred record. So, what do I realistically expect? Probably three and five. I think we beat the Rangers because we always beat the Rangers. Yes. I don't care where the Rangers. I, they could be the President's Trophy winners. We always play the Rangers tough. Always bothered me. It's like, okay, why aren't you getting up like that for every opponent? Why just the Rangers? But it is what it is. And I think we've even owned them again this season for the most part. Mm. Maybe not early in the season, but certainly at the tail end. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, I expect just I, I expect the Sorokin Shosturkin matchup to be a, a hell of a crazy one too, as it as they always seem to be. Varlamov has played very well against them as well. Yeah, usually, you know, if I'm picking a goalie who I want to be facing off against Shosturkin, usually it's it's Sorokin. No. What do you want your goalie splits to be? Over the last few games, over the last eight games, yeah. I think Soroka needs to at least play five of the last eight games. Oh, I'm saying six and two. That's fine. I'm just saying at least five. Yeah, he needs to play more. It's it's an odd situation for us to be in. So I mean, like we've been we've been fortunate enough as fans where we've been in the playoffs the last three years in a row. Uh, or at least, you know, the bubble to play in for the playoffs. But uh, this is the first time in a while that, you know, we're on the outside looking in, not making the playoffs. And you just kind of think to yourself, I'm like, oh, shit, what are we going to be doing this this May? <laughs> you know what I mean? Usually getting ready May, for the draft. I was about to say getting ready for the draft. But usually May is a month we all enjoy watching playoff hockey and sweating and sitting on the, you know, the, the edge of our seat watching Islanders hockey in the playoffs. So it's it'll be a little different. It'll be different. So you could pick up a few hobbies maybe in the evenings or you get to watch every other team in the NHL and get to just be a, a you know happy spectator, hopefully. Actually, the games for me are more exciting to watch when I don't have a team that I'm rooting for in there. Um, because then it's just it's too nerve-wracking and I really don't enjoy it. If a team that I really want to win is in the playoffs or, you know, and that's in any sport, I really don't enjoy it much because I want them to win so bad. So mm. this year I'll enjoy the NHL playoffs. May the best team win. <laughs> okay. Gracious. Um, but before we do continue here uh, with the podcast, we do have an ad to read from DraftKings. Hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and win uh, to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make 
uh, can make their first deposit and play free for thousands of DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points with goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or old, restrictions apply, and see the description and show notes for additional details. Nice, nice ad read, TJ. Oh, lots Let's of, give credit where credit is due. Oh, there it is. There it is. We're going to get to some comments today. I know we weren't able to get through all the comments on Wednesday, so it looks like today we are going to hopefully, fingers crossed, be able to get through all those. Dimitri Peace, and you going during live, during the streams again? Are you going to live stream the games again? Uh, yes, Dimitri. We're going to be going live this Tuesday, so that'll be fun. Um, Mark A saying, uh, you know, I'm devastated over Mike Bossy, and I can't get over it. Yeah, true. Patrick V saying, rest in peace to Mike Bossy. You're the best Islanders player of all time. Uh, there will never be another Mike Bossy. Yeah, see, he wasn't my favorite player. He was right up there. But to me, Denny Potvin was my favorite. Uh, and I love Bossy. Um, best two-way player. Best two-way center the game has ever seen, in my opinion. Just phenomenal. I love Bossy and Gillies, all those guys. But probably Potvin and Trottier. And they're all on, they're all on the Mount Rushmore. That's for certain. I was about to say it's tough to pick from one because they were all so I feel like unique and, and and important in their own way. It wasn't like we were at a time period where we had one. You know, it wasn't like they came at one at a time where you're like, oh man, we've got one spectacular play. You know, so they were all there and they shared the spotlight together. The quintessential team could play any style. Frank Hay saying here, Sorokin was the whole show last night. He <laughs> he channeled his inner Mike Bossy, which was to be great. Isn't it funny, though, that on the night he passes away, the Islanders playing in his hometown of Montreal. Just it's funny how some of those things happen, isn't it? I'd say I'd say it is. Matthew S. here saying so crushed. Uh, this was one of the most disheartening seasons ever. As a fan, yeah, yeah, and not just for the re not just for the team's record, but the passing away of legends and they're young men, sixty three, sixty five. I mean, that's or uh, maybe Gillies was sixty seven uh, and sixty five for Bossy. I mean, John Poppin was what seventy two. That, that's young. When I was a kid, I thought that was old. Now that I'm older, I'm like, man, that's young. Mm. Yeah, you look at all the. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it just season. The season's been totally disappointing with the on-ice product as well. Absolutely. Scott L saying, hey, guys, sorry I've been absent for a while. No, Scott, we've been gone, so you didn't miss much. We just we, Our first return podcast back was Wednesday. Tony Queso saying, my dad sent me a picture of Mike Bossy, and he told me um, he wished I could have seen him play. Sad day for the Islanders family. True, true. And clutch, clutch. You know, there's guys who score a lot of empty netters. They'll score two goals when you're down by five. They don't need to be mentioned. Mike Bossy wasn't one of those guys. I'm not saying he never scored goals like that, but in the big moment, he came up big. Jeremy Ford saying, thanks for all the memories there. 
number 22, Mike Bossy, a sad day in Islanders country. And he also Agreed. says, I was devastated the day he had to retire because of the back injuries. And today is just as tough. It was great to hear from Trottier at the start of today's Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Yeah, just, yep, without a doubt. Andre Yen. I almost, <laughs> oh. Ooh, I was about to say, I almost had a sneeze there earlier. But I sneezed all over my arm over there. Yeah, you like that ASMR right there, Grumpy? Ooh, my God. My sinuses. Andre M. says you're devastated by the loss of Mike Bossy. True legend. Uh, that will be dear to Islander fans' hearts everywhere, forever. True. And uh, have a great show today, guys. Thanks there, Jeremy. We appreciate it. Mark A. saying, um, it's almost like they closed the Coliseum and these Islanders died with Nassau Coliseum. That's really dark. <laughs> That's really dark. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I don't want to go there, though. Mm -mm. End of an era, though. You know, when I watched that clip, I remembered the Coliseum looking like that when I used to go, not with the little little space silver space thing they had on the end of around it at the end but when it was just that old concrete like from dawn of the dead that <laughs> era just matthew s saying i wish this all in play yeah and tough underrated toughness they always get beat up all the time they were 100 percent right the game was played differently you had to be physically tough and today's nhl you really don't have to be Jeremy Ford saying here, on a happier note, ah, oh, Simon Holmstrom, two goals and one assist tonight, Grumpy. Congrats to Casper. Wow, Simon Holmstrom. And Islanders reunions will never be the same. Well, that's true. Um, yeah, I tell you, it definitely is. Andre M saying, uh, bossy, the outcome was expected. Gillies' passing was really a shock to me. Um, he was at UBS Arena, the opening, looking great and healthy. Two months later, he was gone. Yep, yep. And then Frank was saying with Mike Bossy, he's the greatest goal store scorer ever. End of story. He's right up there. There's some other guys who are really good too. He was fantastic. Jeremy also saying, uh, were Gillies, Trottier, and Bossy the perfection line before the perfection line? They could do it all. Very true. Trio grind. Where he was asking, are they are they, were they the perfection line before the perfection line in Boston Grump? They were trio grand. What do you, okay. They don't need to be called the perfection line. They were trio grand. They were better than their perfection line, right? I'm just saying what their name was. Again, if not for the back injury, um, Ovechkin would be chasing Bossy instead of instead of Wayne Gretzky. People forget how long Gretzky played. What's he got? He's got like over 900 goals. I mean, okay, Bossy was like 400 short of that. I mean, that's a lot of goals. Bossy's number one in the league history, averaging .76 goals a game. Still holds that record. And the active leader is Austin Matthews, 0.64 a game. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. They showed that last night on the telecast. The only reason I know. Oh, I was about to say. I'm it's, like, not, it's not like I'm, I had that right in my fingertips. I, I was impressed. I was like, holy shit, Grumpy never does any research. And not only – I'm like, you know, I see a comment here about how, how many goals a game bossy, bossy averages. And now we know the active leader in goals a game. And I'm like, Grumpy's able to rattle it off at the snap of a finger. I'm like, damn, Grumpy. Don't feel bad. I didn't do any research on that either. Mm. And yeah, Scott L saying, yeah, Bossy was the greatest pure goal scorer at right wing and NHL history. He was great. He was great. Yeah. Bossy had the highest shooting percentage 
for anyone that has, you know, more than 500 goals, 21.2%. Think about that. Think about the, that. The, when players hit 20% in today's game, that's like, holy it's crap. Like, it's an anomaly. It's like, holy shit, this guy's having a career year. This guy Brock, averaged that over, the, over his career. Nelson. Brock Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Jeremy F. saying here, as a kid, um, I had my bossy PJs and dreamed of playing like them. I had a poster in my basement where uh, he explained how to take different shots and I'd practice and practice what he was showing. A legend. I remember Charles Barkley saying years ago that, you know, he's not a role model, parents are role models, and they are, but athletes should also remember that they are role models. And Mike Bossy was. People want to emulate them and be like them, and there's a lot of responsibility for something like that. And I'm not saying he wasn't like that. I'm just saying that uh, all athletes should know that uh, some kid is looking up to them and the things that they do, and they should really really remember that most of them do they play these these professionals play fun childhood games and and these children look up and in the best way possible they idolize these individuals who are the peak of these games and just have fun while doing it It, you're right it it does you know it it gives it gives children something to strive for it's like holy i want to be just like this guy when i grow up and yeah you're right grump i know charles barkley said it and he's right but in the same token i agree with you right they do have they have an unbelievable impact on on young impressionable people Um, right i'm not saying they need that they're taking the job of parents but they just need to be cognizant that uh children looked up to them they look up to them they just do I think he knows that Charles Barkley. I know, I know he does. I know he does. Michael, M. I, I know the point he was trying to make. Michael M. saying, "Welcome back, crew. What's up, Michael? Yes, How Michael. are you?" Um, uh, Matthew C. says, uh, "Remember, Bossy played with a thi- with a wooden Titan stick. Different rules, and got cross checked in the back all the time. That's what did him in. That's what did him in." Baldi saying, "Ovechkin is nine is twelve point nine percent shooting percentage over his career. Think about that." <laughs> He's never seen a shot he didn't want to take. <laughs> but you know what? You got to shoot to score. So. <laughs> that that you, you talk about accurate. That is accurate. He's never seen a shot he doesn't want to take. Um, and uh, Jeremy Ford saying, I'll be sporting my Islander sweater tomorrow night in Toronto to watch our Islanders win, Grump. I hope so. Yeah, and he's also saying, I love how we were playing in Montreal, uh, the game, you know, for Bossy's final day. Uh, in the year of 2020. Yeah, I, there you go. I just didn't remember his year. Wow. You t- Whoa. You talk about goosebumps. Yeah. That's right. Not only was he, again, the hometown there, you know, home home there of Montreal, but also, right, 2022, Aussie's numbers, number 22. Oh, yep. crap. The last game the Islanders had in Montreal. Dude, I'm getting goosebumps. Holy shit. I tell you, that's odd. That's odd to think of. It really is. Um, Emmanuel Orr says uh, that was uh, that was Bossy's biggest problem is he played with the Islanders. If he played for major market, he would have a trophy named after him. I, I always I'm not sure a trophy, but I always wonder, right, if he played right for a Montreal, if he played for one of those huge markets, one of the one of the blue bloods in the NHL, a Toronto. I wondered what his impact or what his legacy would have been because he, you're right. He's and they they said it right off the top, as we were mentioning earlier on, a guy who's underrated for for <laughs> and, and you know he doesn't receive the love and applauds he deserves for what he actually did on the ice. And you know, if he was playing for a huge market, you kind of wonder 
It'd be like imagine putting Crosby in for in Dallas for the Dallas Stars, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how fantastic Crosby was. I'm pretty sure that would have affected his legacy in some capacity. Yeah. And also, you know, the fact that his last game was played about 35 years ago is another reason. And the Islanders, like I said, truly an underappreciated dynasty team, without a doubt. You know, they didn't have the history of the Montreal Canadiens, um, you know, or the big, bad Boston Bruins when Bobby Orr was there and Phil Esposito. They were just the Islanders, you know, that played, that were like chameleons, could play any style game and win. 19 straight playoff series wins. I don't think we're ever going to see that beaten. Never. You never know. Never. I mean, if – uh, if uh, Tampa Bay doesn't win the Stanley Cup this year, that's another four, four or five years before we could potentially see it happen again. So very, very difficult, particularly in today's NHL. Never, Grump. That will never be touched. The way free agency ever. is, I can promise you never. Not in your lifetime, not my lifetime, will that ever be touched. 19 straight. I, okay, it's not even like you just win three cups. It's you win three cups and then go back to the stand or you win and you go back to the Stanley Cup final. I'm sorry. It's not like you just win four cups. You go win four cups and you go back to the Stanley Cup finals, correct? Yes. yes. I was about to say, yeah, it, it's never happening again. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. It's not one cup and it's not two cups in a row. It's not three cups in a row. It's four cups in a row and then going back to the Stanley Cup finals for a fifth time. And the real reason, well, part of the reason is with free agency. That's why, that's why you will never you will never see that. I don't even think you'll see an NHL team win more than three. Stanley. I think the max you'll ever see a team, and I'm talking about the max, is three Stanley Cups in a row. It all depends on how young a team is when they win it. Because, I mean, Chicago, I know they won, I think, two in a row, and then two, three out of five, something like that. They were really, really young at the time. But it's very, very difficult to repeat and certainly be a three- or four-time champion. I don't, I'll, you'll never see another team hit four in a row. I don't even think you'll see another team hit four cups in a row. You might see a team win three in a row. I think four is really stretching it, but you'll never see 19 playoff series, series wins in a row. Never. Um, Scott L saying, should Sorokin get some Vesna consideration? I think he should. Yeah. I, you know what? I haven't been up on the goalie numbers for the rest of the players in the league this year. He's certainly been great, but. When your team is not a playoff team, you don't get that type of respect. Just, what I think hurts him is, and let me try to zoom this in so you're able to see. Yeah, Anderson should definitely be up there. Yeah, Fred, oh, here we go. Um, yeah, Frederick Anderson's got the best goals against average. Here's the thing. It's going to be Shesterkin, right? I know the goals against average. He's no longer number one in that area. But Sorokin's top five in goals against average, top five in save percentage, right? I, I think the fact that these numbers have really – you look at the last, what, 10, 15 games he's played in, his numbers have been better than what his averages are. And when you pour it on late like that, for whatever reason, it doesn't count the same as somebody who played really well at the beginning half of the season and perhaps slipped. I mean, Shesterkin had over a 9-4 save percentage at one point in time this season, and now he's at a 9-3-5, and who knows if he's even going to stay at a 9-3 based off of you know the way things roll. Yeah, I, I mean, Sorokin could slide in as the number three guy, you know, and that's still quite an accomplishment, particularly with how poor we've played defensively this year. I, I think voters would be – I think <laughs> – remiss not to put him in the list or put him on a list because you think about it right 
I understand, you know, we're a defensive system, we're a defensive system. I, I get it. But yeah, we had Zidane Char and Andy Green as two of our primary defensemen that played every single game for us. Yeah, so I get it. We're a defensive system. We're playing with two hideous defensemen now. Not just those guys. Pelic has been walked around quite a few times this year. Pulak as well. Pulak was injured. Pulak was injured for a large chunk of the season, too. Not that much. He missed. All right. What did he miss? Three, four. What did he miss? Five weeks? Two months? No. No. Why? No. He was originally projected to miss four to eight weeks, and he wound up missing like 11 weeks. He was out for like two and a half months. But he wasn't great before then. He wasn't. I thought that pair, I thought they, I thought he struggled this year. He's had a down year. Pulak's had a down year, regardless of the injury. I do I mean, think Sorokin does deserve to be in the fi- in, in a, fi- a finalist. I do believe that, though. Yeah, and it's entirely possible, without a doubt. Mm. Uh, Bossy's amazing goal in the air versus Vancouver was a thing of beauty. True. True. Uh, Paulo C says, my sincere condolences to the Bossy family. He was simply the best true goal scorer. I've never seen a player shoot and score like him before or anywhere. He was my favorite player because I'm from Montreal. And that's that's the whole thing, right? He's a hometown boy. Really tough not to root for a guy who comes from your hometown. Mm, absolutely. And then Jeremy Ford said, Bossy averaged 77 goals a year in juniors. He was tremendous. I thought it was actually more than that. Whatever. It was a lot. And Jeremy's saying here, Trottier did not get, or he said Trottier uh, did not get the credit um, for how great he was too. Greatest two-way center of all time. Um, John Smith saying, change of topic. Atu Ratu is stateside and may play the last two regular season games for Bridgeport. Well, he outstanding. Go. Good. I Good. guess the V side him worked out. Good. I mean, I want to see him play in the A next year. I'm excited. I want to see him. I, I can't wait to see him play a few games here towards the tail. And here's the thing I know I was hoping. There's that no way he's going to play up with the big team in the last two weeks. No, no, no. I was hoping that Bridgeport perhaps doesn't make the playoffs so we can see Simon Holmstrom for a few games. But eh, now I'm kind of like, you know what? Worst comes worse. Atu Ratu gets a few more games in Bridgeport, too, in the playoff atmosphere. So that doesn't bother me either. Yeah, same here. James F. saying, um, uh, Grump, last night's game, the bottom of the ninth Tell me that was a strike instead of a ball and gave the and to give the Orioles the win. What an awful call. True. The Yankees game against the Orioles. You know what? I'm kind of leaning towards uh the robotic umpire thing. Are you shitting me? Are you are you being serious right now? I'm kind of leaning towards it. I don't like the fact that the holy crap the strike zone is so small. Uh I don't like it. Wow. It's supposed to be. Yeah, I thought um, you were so anti really quickly. I, I, thought I you am. Were so I am. But you know what? They can still be fooled. I hated when Glavin would get pitches that are like six inches outside called the strikes because that's where he's lining up. I love when Tom Glavin no. used to get pitches that were six yeah, inches. Not me. John Tudor was another one. That pitch would practically be in the dugout and they call it a strike when he was pitched for the Cardinals. I don't know. They need to make sure, you know, right now it's like from above the knee to the belt. That's your strike zone. It should be knee to chest. That's the strike zone. Back in the olden days, that was the strike zone. That's why games, you know, they'd be over in two hours. Not like today where every game's like a three and a half, four hour affair. <laughs> Shrink up the strike zone, make the guy swing the bat. 
Um, shooters puck hockey. Right, hold on. Shrink up the strike zone to make the guy swing the bat. Uh, expand the strike zone to make the guy swing. Okay, I was about to say, didn't sound right the way you said it, but I just want, <laughs> wanted to make sure. Um, shooters puck hockey said the Islanders got bailed out by Sorokin against the last place Montreal Canadiens. Not good. I doubt Lou will make any moves because of the recent offensive resurgence. And Aturatu was at the Mets game today. Yeah, I'm just going to say if Lamarillo doesn't, if he doesn't make any moves based on the last, I mean, we haven't even been great. We've just been above average. It's not like we've been great. We've been an above average team with good postseason. I would say way over expected postseason performance, spectacular postseason performance. I'm I'm talking about this year. Ever since I'm the talking two- about under the island under under the Lou Lamar or uh, Lou Lamarillo under the the Islanders under Lou Lamarillo. Well, I'm just saying because he won't make any moves now because of the recent offensive resurgence that started two weeks before the deadline and ended just recently. And now we're back to, okay, we can beat the crappy teams, but we don't beat the playoff teams. Emmanuel R saying what bossy uh, was better at than anyone else was getting open. It sounds easy, but how many players since bossy have been able to do so maybe whole Ovechkin, not many, not as good as bossy though. He was able to find those holes um, in the defense and Trottier was fantastic feeding him the puck. You know, Gillies was just the physical beast out there that people always had to account for. It was just a match made in heaven, those three guys. Sorokin, Sorokin committed committed grand larceny. He was tremendous. He was Matthew, tremendous. S, Matthew S. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Ford saying here, Stephen Burnt uh, does an amazing job of capturing a moment in time or a story of a great player. For yeah, certain. he's got a good, yeah. And we were lucky to have him on our team, Mike Bossy, absolutely. And the Mets had a moment of silent silence for Mike Bossy also. Good, good. Uh, we play five games per week, guys. Yeah. A lot of teams do that. I was about to say a lot of teams had that. Maybe not every single week, but a lot of, te- a lot of teams were playing those heavy, heavy schedules where they are playing a lot of games. I so, just don't want to – I'm just sick and tired of excuses. I just don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it. James F. saying the Islanders uh, were outplayed last night. I'm a little surprised Sorokin was in goal last night. Uh, I can't remember the last time Sorokin played in back-to-back games in two days. Yeah, Trot said, either. Trot said that Varlamov was not feeling well, had some stomach. Non-COVID-related sickness. Yeah, stomach was bothering him. Mm. He, had a, he had a tummy ache. I'm hoping Sorokin plays tonight, tomorrow. Absolutely, you and I both. Matthew S. says, uh, Parise, Pajot, and Palmieri. For a third line, I guess I could live with that. I'd be I'd be elated with. I, again, I don't like what we're paying our center and our right wing on our third line. I I know he they do more than what third line right our centers and right wings do, but shit, I, it it just kind of makes you say, oh, okay, our cap is eighty two million, and we're spending at least one eighth of it on uh, a third line. Well, look at what we paid for the fourth line. Oh well. Think about think about what we had paid for the fourth line previous to next year. Right? It was originally three and a half million, I think, for Cal Clutterbuck. It was, I mean, Casey Casey was getting like 3.65 and Martin was getting 2.5. They were making like almost nine million dollars against the cap for a fourth line. Think about that. 
Palmieri could be good. I think Palmieri shows signs, but other times I'm just yeah, like, he's absolutely visible. I will say one thing. I will be very interested to see how he comes out of the gates next year. I've seen he's played really good, and he poured on points after the season was essentially over. I wonder if that's a little bit of the devil's osis in him. So, um, Alexander is saying, uh, hey, guys, good evening. I hope you're doing good. Absolutely, we are. Thanks, Alexander, for checking in. He says, man, the passing of Mike Bossy hit hard. Another legend gone too soon. Yeah. Mm. Matthew saying, yep, Sorokin should be a finalist. Jeremy Ford saying, I'd keep Bellows with Barzal. Natural passing lane, uh, like like uh, Trottier to Bossy. Uh, put Wallstrom uh, with Nelson and Lee. Bavillier with Pajot and Palmieri. I don't know if Wallstrom fits with that line, to be honest with you. No one wants a, No one can pass the puck on that line. That's why they need Bavillier. Sorokin, in my opinion, will be an all-star next year. That's tough to make all stars a goalie. It's so it's it's so it's so it's like a I feel like it's somewhat like a popularity contest. Think about it. Kyrie didn't even make the all star game earlier on. He had to be voted in, didn't he? And he had like he was leading, I think, the NHL in points at that time period. Then the all star game voting was going yeah, on. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's I'm about to say I don't I, I, players shouldn't take any stock in all star games, and neither should fans. It's just like a little fan event. Yeah, who's who's most popular? Um, Anyone know why Varlamov was scratched last night? Yeah, that illness. And uh, Tony Case was saying Rick DiPietro is the best goalie we've ever had. Yeah, that's he said right. We never had. Oh, Rick DiPietro is the best goalie we never had. Well, if I could read, I would have. Uh, <laughs> it would have meant something different. There we go. It's funny because at that time when Milbury was GM, it really seemed like we kind of had some draft picks that panned out. We were starting on our way up, and he just devastated the team for a decade. Just did. Terrible. Think about it. Bobby Lou and Zidane Ochara and Ole Jokinen. Yeah. David D saying here, hi, guys. I missed you. Finally back. Um, who should we get in the offseason? One, a goal-scoring forward. Two, a puck-moving scoring defenseman. Uh, very sad. Uh, within months, Gillies, Potvin, and now Bossy passed away. We need it's been it. a long season of up and downs. We need at least one scoring forward. Really need two. And yes, a puck moving left, uh, left-handed defenseman, left shot defenseman. That's what we need. Then maybe we could contend for you know. I mean, I think we'd certainly contend for a playoff spot, but it's tough. We're so far from the elite teams in the league that. Uh, you know, I don't know, but if you're going to roll a dice, now's the time to do it, right? I don't want to give up young. I don't want to give up draft picks. I mean, we're kind of between a rock and a hard place right now. Who's going to come here as a free agent? Nobody. Forsberg, why, why, of course? Yeah, I don't think so. Here's the thing. This is, you're right. We are between a rock and a hard place. We are trading away picks. Just, well, just mark that one down. That's happening. Then, then the rock is gone because we're just in free fall. Free. You start trading away draft picks now. We're in free fall. I've got that feeling. You I've cannot keep feeling. on. You can't keep on getting older with no draft picks on the with no young talent on the way up. That that's the way. That's the way to go back. Start it. Start at zero. You know what do they say? Monopoly. Go back to go. Don't collect your two hundred dollars. Go to jail and and don't collect two hundred dollars and go straight yeah. to jail. Straight to jail. 
uh, Max Power saying here, hey, fellas, great to have you back in action. Thank you, Max. Um, Sorokin will win a Vesna eventually, no doubt. He may even end up with a sh- with a shutout record of all time or uh, by the time all is said and done. I make sure that he plays against Buffalo. I want to make sure he plays against Buffalo and the get Rangers. One get one more to get one more shutout, hopefully. Yeah, Buffalo and the Rangers. I make sure he plays those two games. I'd love to see him get eight. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, I watched the game yesterday uh, just to watch Sorokin. He's something special. Right? And we had that discussion. Who are the players you like to watch on the Islanders from each group? Sorokin, Dobson, Barzell. That's it. Holy shit. Um, this next comment. Oh my God. I didn't even know this existed. Max power says, TJ, your shirt reminds me of two bit from the outsiders. I was like, first off, who the hell is two bit? Oh God. And I'm looking at him. He looks like a famous actor. I'll have Emilio Estevez. Why don't you roll up a pack of cigarettes in the sleeve? Oh, is this the guy who's, um, what other movies is he in? He's been in a lot of movies. Emilio Estevez. He's Emilio Estevez. I don't know who the hell that is. He was, he was in Stakeout. Right? He was in Stakeout with Richard Dreyfus and Madeline Stowe. That He's was really Gordon cool. Bombay, isn't he? Yep, he was in the Mighty Ducks movies. There it is. That's what I remember from. Is the Mighty Ducks? Yeah, Gordon Bombay. There it is, Grumpy. Hold on. He's wearing. I didn't know that this. I guess this shirt I'm wearing is a little <laughs> bit more retro than what I thought. It's got that look about it, but you didn't realize that was a retro shirt of Mickey Mouse. Well, no, no, I, I understand it was a retro shirt, but I didn't know this was a shirt that was actually worn. Like sometimes they give like a shirt to look retro. This is like the exact same design, I feel like. Yeah, you should have rolled up the cigarettes in one sleeve. He, he's <sighs> actually got he's got arms to show off. You don't. Oh, is that he's got he's got arms to show off here, huh, Grumpy? That's it. He's a huge hulking individual, Gordon Bombay. And you see how he's got his hair? He could have his hair coming down here. I don't think you can do that. Well, hold on. Hold on. I think I've got more I've got more luscious locks than Gordon Bombay does right here, Emilio Estevez, Grumpy. I don't think so. I don't see your hair going down to your eyes, no matter how you cut it. Yeah, it is, Grumpy. I'm just covering it all up right now, okay? It's maybe all underneath his hand. Maybe if you paint your, ha- your hand the same color and do that, it would look like it. Yeah, there it is. Anyway... A little quick aside, but I like it, Max. Uh, and then Veritas Invictus says, not true, Grumpy Old Man. The Rangers didn't suffer even one major COVID outbreak. Most most every other team did, though. Florida Panthers did. Tampa Bay did. I mean, they're all in the playoffs. And then Boston did. What a film saying here. Trottier's talk with Shannon was beautiful. Nice. Shannon- I want to say Shannon is really, really, really good in those interviews. Mm. Really good. She comes across as sincere, uh, very understanding. She's fantastic at those interviews. Just fantastic. I don't think she's got great hockey knowledge, but for things like that, she's fantastic. I can't think of anyone better. Sal P says, hey, guys, look at Sal P. Look at that fantastic shirt. You know what type of shirt he's got on Grumpy? He's got on a Maddie and the Jag shirt. You know what you can find? You know where you can find Maddie and the Jags? You could find it in our merchandise store in the link in the description below, Grumpy. Maddie and the Jags. Uh, he says, hey, guys, I always enjoy the Islanders talk on here. Keep up the great work. And Sorokin has the potential to be an elite goalie in the league. Lou needs to improve the players in front of him. True. True. Yeah, Grum. I just I just don't know how he's gonna do it. You cannot give away you cannot give away draft picks in the next two years. Just can't do it. 
Tony Case is saying, Jesus, we're tired because of the freaking prune juice and rice pudding ran out at the facility, and these guys got nothing to eat or drink. That's the next excuse they're rolling out, Tony. Don't go ahead and give away the secrets just quite so soon. Yeah, I'm just, uh, just stop. Just stop making excuses. We just weren't good enough. We played flat for the first 50 games of the year. We had a brief little spurt where we were good because they were afraid of getting traded, and then they gone back into the malaise. Same thing. Wash, rinse, repeat. Matthew S. saying, I think we beat Toronto, uh, lose to Florida, and beat the Rangers. Yeah, we're not going to lose to Toronto. I think Toronto beat us. No, no, we're not we're not going to we're not going to beat Toronto. Yeah, we won't beat Torino, Toronto, Torino. We won't beat Toronto, that's for certain. They can score. Um, Florida, I don't know how many goals we'll give up against them. Uh, but we will beat the Rangers. We just we always beat the Rangers. If we lose to the Rangers, wow. A lot of pan a lot of Panthers fans want Tampa Bay. Yeah, be careful what you root, what you ask for. You just might get it. I was about to say you don't want to you don't want to bite off a little bit more. Here's the thing. If I'm a Florida fan, I want to have the easiest route to the finals that we can. Every shitty team we could play, I'd love to play. You should hope I, that you should hope that they play really Boston. Tampa's not going to be a team that you roll over and beat in four or five games and they play a non-physical style. They're going to be physical as shit and they're going to know how to play playoff hockey. Could this be the year that Toronto wins a playoff series? I don't know. It depends who they match up against right now because let me let me pull up the games because, um, okay, Toronto is tied with the Ottawa Senators 4-4. to the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning stormed away with it. They beat the Winnipeg Jets or beating the Winnipeg Jets 7-4. to Wow, the Washington Capitals are up seven to three on the Montreal Canadiens right now. Seven goal. Seven. Seven, seven. goals. My seven. Goodness. What? Seven. I wonder how many shots um Montreal has tonight. And I wonder how many shots Washington has. Montreal's got twenty nine shots. Uh and um well here they're see they're they're playing Montembeau. They're not playing uh against uh Carey Price. Uh Washington only has thirty two shots on that tonight. Okay. We had 19. You see what I'm saying? It's like Montreal is one of the worst teams in the league, and we were dominated by them. Here's here's the thing. Could you imagine Toronto if they start slipping and somehow they finish in the wild card position or they wind up pulling Tampa again? And if they're not at home, well, here's the thing. If Toronto pulls Tampa, Toronto's going another year without a playoff series win. Another sure. one. Another one. Grumpy, another one. Um, and then Matthew S says here, it won't happen since Tampa is better than Washington. Uh, Christopher C saying, Hey guys, I'm confused how these games in hand are how we or how these games are in hand. Uh, okay, educate me. Uh, we've got a few games in hand over it, just kind of depends on which we don't have any games in hand on anyone. We're the same amount of games as all we have three games. games in hand over Pittsburgh. We've got two games in hand over uh, the Rangers and one game in hand over Carolina Hurricanes. I think yeah, we're, 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 we're 1,400 points behind those teams. <laughs> I mean, shit. We I have, mean, we have the no only teams you have to worry about, the only teams you would even, the only team you would remotely have a chance of catching would be Washington. They're 13, going to be 15 points behind after today. With one game in hand, so let's say thirteen. There's no way, no way. 
they're they're going to be 15 points ahead. That means that if the Islanders were to make need to make the playoffs, that Washington would have to lose every single game in regulation the rest of the year, and that the Islanders would need to win every single game and could lose one game in overtime. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, so what's going to happen is if the Islanders lose tomorrow, we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. In regulation, we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Game 75 of the year. First time in a long time, isn't it, that we could say that, holy crap, this early in the season, we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs? Yeah. Kind of sad. It kind of sad, Grumpy. A little sad. Big sad. Uh, Alexander said, uh, do you guys think the Panthers will take it this year? I don't think they're good enough defensively. But they're, I mean, they're clicking right now. If Quinville was still coaching, I'd say yes. Fair enough. Um, Matthew is saying it's basically an extra game uh, more left to play than the other teams could play that can be won by your team. Yeah, it's true. That's a good way to put it. Alexander says, and also Dobson has been one of the biggest positives this year. Absolutely. Biggest improvement of any player on the team. And no, a guy that I feel very confident about going forward. I tell you what, you know my plan. I've already given you my plan to get this team better on the defensive end. Will they do it? Probably not. Makes too much sense. Yes, and you're talking about putting Pelic with Dobson. Probably not. Uh, Thomas B. saying here, gents, it's going to be difficult to improve this team to be a cup contender. We have few assets, uh, so those who argue, let's get a goal, let's get a goal scoring forward and a left defense or a left defenseman uh, with what? No unrestricted free agent of any value is coming here. Uh, we should lose all eight. Uh, all eight of the remaining games to get a better draft position. We need elite talent. That comes through the draft. Thomas is preaching to the choir. I was about to say, right? Before this year, depending on what we do this offseason, Andrew Ladd is the best free agent we have ever signed. Ever. ever. I'm not sure we're going to be re I'm, sure, I'm not sure we're going to sign Philip Forsberg. Why would Philip Forsberg come here? Why would he come to the Islanders? Because we'll put more money, we'll throw more money at him than any other team could. He can go That's to the one, only reason. That's the only reason. He could go to a, a Florida team, not have to get paid as much, and make more money because no state taxes, no state income tax. I mean, what's I, state tax in, in uh, New York, Grump? Ridiculous. I don't know the I don't exact think it's as much. You keep saying that, but I don't think oh, it is. Much. It absolutely is compared to zero. Let's say it's 8% or 9%. Well, it's progressive tax bracket, so it depends on how much you actually earn. Okay. Compare it to zero. So, because that's what it is in Florida, zero. So, anything <laughs> other than that, that's money that they're losing out of their pocket for the same deal. And I'm not saying it's about money with him. I don't know. I just don't know why anyone, uh, why would any free agent, if it's you're only, a free agent. It's only, it's only 10%. 10%. Is the max what he's paying on a ten million dollar contract? So okay. it's like a ten percent compared to zero. Well, there you go. Right. That so means if you offer a guy ten million dollar contract, he could be offered nine million. It would be compensable. So That's I right. still don't think any any Florida team has the cap space to offer nine or eight million. See, the thing is, Philip Forsberg, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be getting paid probably about ten million dollars a year. He's going to be the highest paid. You don't think don't, so? No, I don't think he's going to make that much. He he's the, not he's that great a year. What? He's been good. He hasn't been great this year. A career year for him. Okay, a that's a career year. year. You want to pay? You want to pay somebody off a career year? 
that's what people are, that's what a team is going to do. And I promise you the Islanders are going to do. Okay. He's played 61 games, has 72 points. It's the first time in his NHL career has averaged more than a point a game. If he comes here, he's had 50 points, maybe. All Why I'm saying is they are going to somebody is going to overpay for him. That's what you always in order to get an unrestricted free agent, you usually have to overpay. Okay. The very few times you can get a top talent like an Artemi Panarin who's not considered an overpay because he is so freaking fantastic that you don't actually overpay when you give him a huge sum of money. Okay. If you're a free agent who wants to win, right? Let's say you want to win, and you're looking at rosters of teams that could potentially compete. Where do the Islanders fall on that list? Number one. I don't think so. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Come on. I mean, maybe you go to the Rangers. That's a team that is on the way up, filled with young players. You want to go to a team where the vast majority of the players are over 30? Is that where you want to go? If you're just looking for money, okay. But if you want to win, that's not. And again, look at the shooting percentage. Well, the, I was about to say, I was about to go ahead and bring that up. If you give me a second, look at that. He's he's channeling his inner Mike Bossy. Look at this. He's, he's shooting. Channeling, he's channeling his inner Brock Nelson for this year. That's what he's doing. Yes. He's again, he you look at his performance, it's going to be career year in the form of goals and assists. And he's the first time ever in his career he's averaged more than a point a game trust me i know he's in the prime of his career at the age of 27 years old but no matter what contract you signed philip forsberg to you will overpay for him i promise you this is a guy who's going to be making at least i was safe to assume 10 million dollars a year now he makes the team better though he makes Absolutely the team makes he the makes team the team better. immensely better he's probably looking for a seven-year contract around 10 million per would you well, doubt that? I mean, the cap's starting to increase again now. He's going to want $10 million per. It's no, just not like when John Tavares signed for $10.5 million five years ago or four years ago. Next year is $82 million is the cap. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. $82 million. Just, You can look it up or you can just believe me instead of apologizing after you find out. 82 and a half right now. So okay. it's not there the case. It, it goes up $1 million, goes to 83 and a half. Right. So it's not 82 million. This is the one year. In, this is the one million dollar increase. And then we go back to normal or we go back to some sort of normalcy where it goes back to three, four million dollars a year. OK, it's 82 five is next year's cap. Then next year is 83 five, then 84 five for the next three years after that. I'm just saying it goes up one million from last year to, to next from this year to next year, one million from next year to the year after. and then. It goes up another million, and that's where it's. That's right now. It's showing stagnant, but they're not making big increases. They're just not. So in the last five years, in the last five years, the cap has only increased by three million dollars. Yeah. So that's what I was about to say. It's not like this is the a John Tavares contract, right? It's going to be eighty-two and a half million next year. It's not like this is a John Tavares contract before COVID happened, where everybody expected the cap to continue to increase and increase and increase. They know, okay, increases are on the way. I think it's safe to assume, right? It's not like this is a contract you're signing a year ago when COVID was still a big impact or two years ago when COVID was a huge impact, right? You're starting to get fans back in the stands. And again, revenue starting to return a little bit back to normalcy. All I'm saying is a team is going to have to overpay. I would expect his price tag to be near $10 million. Yeah, how many teams can afford that? 
a few. I don't think he's going to afford that. Detroit or us? We can't afford $10 million. How can we afford the $10 million? If we get rid of Josh Bailey and we don't let him play a, a, a thousand games as an Islander, if we send him off, this is if these are the last eight games we ever see Bailey in an Islander uniform, that's how you free up enough cap space. Let's assume they're not going to do that. They are, if they bring in a forward, they're going to have to move a forward out, probably a cost uh, savings guy like Anthony Bavillier. But he then makes, once again, he makes, he makes four million. He makes four million. Bailey makes five or five and a, what is it? Bailey make five, five and a half. Bailey has no market unless you want to move. I'm talking him. about how you can make that work in the cap space. Four point two five million and five million are not that significantly different. If you move a guy like a Bailey or a Bavillier, technically you'd have the ability to throw $10 million at a guy like Philip Forsberg. I don't advise it, but I think you would have the funds and able to do so. You would. Um, and then you could get yourself, uh, you know, if let's say you, like I've discussed last podcast, you move a Bailey and a Bavillier and one of the younger guys who are in the farm system, um, maybe a Simon Holmstrom for Jacob Chikrin then that fixes your defense problem. You have a solid defense, you have a solid goaltending, and you got yourself a better forward than you know you have on your team and give the younger guys a shot. I mean I heard I heard all Arizona wanted for Chicken Chicken was Grant Hutton in a fifth round pick. Come <sighs> on, dude. You're gonna have to pay out the ass for a guy like that. You, you yeah, I can't. I can't with you, Grumpy. We're continuing on. It's it's going to be much more expensive to sign. Just like I said, it's going to be expensive to sign a guy like a Philip Forsberg. Just know that going into it. And it's going to be expensive to trade for a guy like Jacob Chikrin. Simple as that. Angelo M is saying here, rest in peace, Mike Bossy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Andre M saying, can you uh, can you imagine Trottier, Bossy, Gillies, Potvin, Smith, etc. in today's salary cap world? Yeah, that team wouldn't have been together. We could have had it together till the age 27, uh, maybe 28 year, you know, because not everybody came up the same year. I think Gillies and Trottier came up the same year. Smith was older, of course, and then Bossy came after that. But, uh, yeah, think about the money they were commanded. Those mm -hmm. guys, teams don't stick together, right? Tampa's done a pretty good job, but then what happens with all your under guys? They all have to go. Well, I mean, even think about it, guys like Sergachev, guys who are, I mean, like on most teams, right? Fantastic. He's a big time player for them. They've done a really good job, I think. Nick D says here, TJ Grump, how are you both doing today? I'm doing well, Nick. Hopefully you are too. And nice to see you both back in your regular time slots. Condolences to Mike Bossy and his family too. Yes. Max Bauer says here, Bossy died on the same day Jesus did. Fitting, I guess. Rest in peace, Mike Bossy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And happy Easter, by the way, for those of you who, who uh, you know, are Christians out there on uh, Sunday. Happy Easter. Yep. Um, Nick D says here, do you think the Islanders will sign Barzal or extend Trotz's contract? It's one or the other. And Here's I don't. Go ahead. I think as a franchise, you have to re-sign Barzal and let Trotz go. I think it becomes a really easy decision, right? If next year we come out, and as I expect, we're not, you know, I don't think we're going to have an unbelievably huge offseason. We could. Hopefully they shock me. I cannot tell you how many times I've been disappointed and underwhelmed with what we've done offseason after offseason, trade deadline after trade deadline, and I don't want to be disappointed, so I'm setting my expectations much lower than they usually are. So if we don't make any huge moves, we're not going to have many different results for the Islanders next year. And if we don't have huge different results, I could tell you it makes the decision really easy. So 
you know, take that, take that as it is. And, and it's not that it's not that Barzal is leaving. Um, Paulo C said, uh, first star Sorokin, second star Sorokin, and third star Sorokin. Frank K saying, I do wonder if Bossy truly passed away um, when uh, it was first mentioned about 12 days ago and the family had time to compose themselves and allow the news to come out now. You never know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Tony Queso saying here, I'm on my way to vacation for a week in Wisconsin. I vacation in America like an American. Not like TJ Redcoats over there. That's right. I'm TJ Redcoat. The funny thing is, I was called a Yank over there. I think I said it last podcast. I was called a Yank over there. It was odd. I don't. I don't feel like I've got a Northern accent, and I've never been called a Yank before in my life. Okay, but. Americans are known as Yanks to the British. I've already told you that. And number two, who the hell vacations in Wisconsin? The only guy I know was the guy uh, uh, in Love Jeez. Actually. No, in Love Actually who uh, winds up hooking up with uh, Elizabeth uh, Cutberth and uh, Denise Richards and uh, uh, Shannon Alex- uh, Shannon Elizabeth, whatever her name was, from the American Pie movies. Uh, that's the only one who vacations in Wisconsin. And it was too hot in the house. They didn't have the money, so they had to get naked and share body heat. Uh, I think his name only- was Nigel. The only thing I can think of when I think of Wisconsin, I would think it was like one of those bad uh, Clark or family vacation movies where they're going to like a theme park in Wisconsin and anything and everything goes wrong. Sorry if we've got any listeners from Wisconsin. You know, one thing I've caught TJ doing is calling America the states. The it states. would be easy to say that over there, just the states. You know, that's what I've noticed. You've been saying the states all of a sudden. Well, when people are like, where are you from? Because we notice you're not from around here. I said the states. It's easy just to say the states. It's not like, oh, I'm from here, here, here. It's next to this one, that one, the other one. I just say, I'm from the states. Don't worry about it. Uh, Pony Boy Curtis says here, uh, Bossy holds a record for most goals per game. For it's going to be tough to beat. Yep. Uh, what a film saying here. Uh, Bossy had a secret with his shot. Um, he used to shoot off heel uh, of his stick. Off the heel of a stick. Yeah. And then uh, Scott L saying here, I remember watching the Islanders practice at, oh, help me with that one, Grum. Um, Cantiog Park. Cantiog Park. And uh, Bossy took a wrist shot from center ice and hit it in the upper right corner of the net on the fly. Mm. The guy could shoot the puck. What do you think Brock Nelson would do with a shot like that? Or Anders Lee? Well, bro, here's the thing. Would Josh Bailey even reach the net from there? Tony Casa said, I could just imagine TJ looking, <laughs> looking at these grand European ancient castles and looking looking at his wife and said, damn, that's a big house while eating a hot dog <laughs> with mustard on it. I'm a ketchup guy, Tony Cheese. But it's, what, other than that, it's pretty accurate. What, what type of food did you eat over there, TJ? I'll bite. <sighs> to be honest about anything and everything, I ate a lot. I uh, did a lot of eating and did a lot of walking, a lot of eating. I, you know, honestly, I, the, the, okay. I didn't think I was going to like it cause it sounds girly, but I like scones. They're pretty good. They're like bread. It's, it's just like, it's like a muffin. It's like a, it's like a yummy, delicious, delectable muffin. And you'll lather it up with some butter. The butter there is different than the butter here, by the way, the butter there, I don't think is as processed as much. So it's more melty. 
I couldn't more explain melty. it. I'm telling it's you, more melty. melty. It's more melty. For, for, for those for those listeners in the UK, go ahead and let them know it's more melty. It melts, right? Jack W will tell you the butter out there over there melts easier. I don't know because it's not as processed. I would figure. Does anyone out there remember the galloping gourmet with Graham Care? That's what I want to know. I don't even know what that is. It used to be a cooking show. My mom used to watch it. The galloping gourmet with Graham Care. K E R R. He was a, he was an English guy. Graham Care and the Galloping Gourmet was the name of the show. Are you asking because it sounds like my descriptions are of that of of Graham Care of the Galloping no, Gourmet? I just, no, I just thought about the Galloping Gourmet. I was going to say if TJ had a cooking show, the butter is really melty. I mean, <laughs> shit. I don't know how many episodes you'd get to do, but probably not more than five minutes. The, the there he is. It's much more melty than than. There he is, Graham Care. There he is. The was, I don't know how to describe it. It was. I. I think it's just less processed. So it's. It was. You know. It was it melted. Melty. Meat. Yeah, I know. We we already heard it. Melty. We got it. <laughs> we got it. Yeah, that's Graham Care. Yep, I remember oh, him. Oh goodness gracious! He'd cook his little meal. You know, hey, use this much of this, this much of that. A little half hour show, I think it was. We did eat a lot of fish too. A lot of fish. Why are you doing that? You don't like fish? I don't like fish. I don't like anything that breathes that you know swims in its own shit. <laughs> breathes it in. No, yeah, cows eat their own shit, Grump. I like cows At too. At least they're not breathing it in. <laughs> Hold on. How do you think it works out there in the ocean? It right? just goes right through you that way. You're breathing in, it's in your blood vessels, it's going into your little tendons. Terrible. Oh, good gracious. No, I'm not a fish guy, sorry. What a film saying. I believe in the hockey gods. Last night they were in net with the white whale. Yes. And James F saying here, Char's first goal as an islander. That's right, was versus the penguins. His last goal <laughs> uh was with the was with was uh was was with the penguins. He said his last goal, period, was against the penguins. Yeah. And then uh, Ponyboy Curtis says, our screen share, the image that shows him with 45, uh, 45th in points per game with secondary meaningless assists. Wonder who he's talking about. Probably Brock Nelson. Uh, I think he's talking about, I think he's talking about Josh Bailey Grumpy. Uh, and Shooters Pock Hockey says, I always think to myself, this current Islanders team is an embarrassment to the dynasty team in the 80s. I wish we could have won the cup last year for number nine and number 22. Since 1984, this team has been dog shit. Not true. We've had a couple of up years, but we've certainly never been cup contenders. Uh, you know, we were in uh, 84, um, but, you know, we had the 90, the magical 93 run, 92, 93 run. Um, but other than that, we've not been good. And we've had a resurgence under Lou Lamoureux and Barry Trotz, but they need to know when to cut bait and start for a retool. They don't, I don't think. I think even they realize it. And if Lou was 10 years or 15 years younger and Trotz was, they would have already started that. But they're figuring one more go around, then we'll leave. We'll leave the fans, abandon them, go back to being nothing. They got a couple of players, and then hopefully we can retool. All I've got to say is this here, Grumpy. Honeyboy Curtis says, Croc, empty net Nelson, strikes again in Montreal. Figured I'd start that debate. Here's the thing, Grumpy. Have you taken a look at Brock Nelson's stats and his numbers again? All I'm going to say is the guy's putting up points. That's all I'm going to say here. Frank says, uh, hey, guys, happy Easter and Passover to all of you and your families. Absolutely, Frank. And then uh, Pony Book Curtis says, Grump, uh, who would you rather have in their prime, Bossy 
or Patrick Anders Lee isn't worth uh, worthy of sniffing my job jock strap cane. Patrick Kane or Mike Bossy Grumpy? Mike Bossy over Patrick Kane. Who wins? Patrick is the thing, but nobody's asking. You know, nobody ever says who's the best winger, Anders Lee or Mike Bossy. Nobody asks that. Even TJ would say Mike Bossy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Patrick Kane or Anders Lee? I can't believe it. It's still, it's still I wish we could find the effing. You know what, Grumpy? I almost want to come 100 off the hip because all of my – I might even have it on my old computer. Ooh, depending if I had the memory space. I might still have that episode because you just live off of this freaking bullshit that you propagate, Grumpy, that's not true, Grumpy. You do it all the time, too. It's the truth. Everyone knows it. <sighs> Point of Curtis also said, who would win in a fight, Clark Gillies or Steve Wilkos? Gillies. Wilkos wasn't big enough. Um, and then uh, Frank saying here, put him on skates. Let's see how Steve fights when he's on skates. Maybe Clark has to fight on ground. Who wins? Hey, that's put him on skates. Uh, Frank says, My heart uh, is broken. Mike was an all time hero. He made me fall in love with hockey along with his teammates. My hero, along with Don Mattingly and Thurman Munson. Uh, so sad. Do you know who Thurman Munson was, TJ? Yeah. Who was he? Baseball player, right? Who do you play for and what position do you play? I want to yeah. say the White Sox. Okay. And what position did he play? Holy shit, ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a roll. What time period did Thurman Munson play, Grumpy? You got to get matter? Least- Does Grumpy. it matter? It looks like it looks like you're cheating right now. He was a catcher, Grump. Yeah, you cheated. Thank you. He <laughs> played for the New York Yankees. God damn it. I thought Do you know how he died? No, I don't know how he died. Plane crash. I, I knew you didn't know. He didn't know anything. He oh, sorry, there. Grumpy. I didn't know who the hell Thurman Munson was. All I right, remember, I, remember. Remember. I wasn't born back there. I wasn't alive in the seventies. It was a big. It was like the almost nineteen eighties, nineteen seventy nine. Newsflash: I wasn't born in nineteen eighty either. Okay, but the fact you don't know Thurman Munson, who the hell doesn't know Thurman Munson? I'm not surprised you don't he know. Played baseball. I couldn't remember what the hell he did or where he played. Was it, is Thurman Munson in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay, sorry, Grump. I don't he know was, a guy who played for the Yankees who died. He was in the, the first Yankee captain since Lou Gehrig. What That's they won all those years without a captain? Yeah, they just didn't have a captain. Not every baseball team has a captain, you know. Hmm. <sighs> Pony Bacurta says, Grumpy during last podcast. I don't want to put all my eggs in a 37-year-old basket. That's very true. It rots out the bottom. <laughs> And boy, and boys, Chara is not 44. He's 45, only 20 years <laughs> younger than Mike Bossy. Oh Think about God. that. Think oh, about crap. That. that sink in is right. And Bossy, I think, retired when he was 30. My God. Frank saying here, man, almost 600 goals in 10 years. If it wasn't for the back blown out, uh, Gretzky and all of them, uh, he and Trottier were magic. Yeah, but remember, that team was kind of on the way down at that point. So I don't know how many – I don't think he would have got to where Gretzky's numbers were only because the team was on the downside. Matthew is saying, um, I need to get the four to – they need to also get William DeFore to the A. I just want to see if he can skate. That, to me, I want to see if he can skate. That's key for him. Frank saying, Charles only six years younger than me. LOL. Uh, Paulo C saying, uh, where, uh, where the season was lost was from November 7th to December 5th. When we lost 11 straight. 
it was not the third the first 13 game road trip maybe it was a part of it but it was that that time period exactly like i said don't try to, i don't want to hear i'm just i don't want to hear any excuses you came out flat to start the year you were flat in preseason you came out flat and people forget we were 5 and 4 through the first 9 games all those that terrible road trip when we had a whole bunch of games in between the road trip is bullshit i'm sorry the road trip was bullshit. Uh, Frank Hayes said, robotic humping? Get the F out of here. Okay. Those things would glitch so much okay. beyond comprehension. I'm not a fan of the robotic humping. I know I said I was earlier. You just I said just, you would like that. I know, but I would want I want to see them expand the strike zone from knee to chest, not from above the knee to the belt. That's what I don't want to see. Expand the strike zone. The game will move faster. People complain, well, baseball is too long. It's too boring. Make the batter swing the bat more. Here's the other thing, too. Get over your fucking self. If it's too long and too boring. You know what? Sometimes it's nice. And that's the nice thing about baseball. I could just put it on or go to a game and just freaking relax. That's the nice thing about the game. Every other sport is high octane. Boom, 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 boom. Energy explosion. That's what it is. Baseball is a relaxing sport. I mean, for the players out there, it's not, but for a, a fan, it's a relaxing sport to watch. It's not game seven of the World Series or the bottom of the ninth with two outs. It's a relaxing game. George Carlin did a great comparison between you football got ups. and baseball. Who's up? Who's up? I'm up. Football is played on down. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a funny one. It's a funny it's, joke. He was a really good comic. He's a great comedian. Absolutely. Yeah. I um, love the one where he compared God to someone who could not handle money that's why the churches all need a whole lot of donations it was great now i'm going to go watch some george carlin after i get off the podcast it was great from the seven dirty words great great stuff <laughs> pony boy curtis says hey grump have you ever eaten a cracker barrel and if so what's your favorite thing to eat there? i have never eaten at a cracker barrel what is wrong with you i i just have never eaten there and i, I mean i've had some in you know the town i'm in but I've never eaten a Cracker Barrel. I even said that to the warden. I'm like, you know what? I've never eaten a Cracker Barrel. It's pretty good. Imagine. Uh, okay, it's like, you're it's the guy who said it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, hey, what about the butter? It's melty. I mean, come on. It's more melty than other butters. It, it, melts, it melts very easily. Can you name a place that you've eaten at that you haven't liked something on the menu? I didn't think so. It's everything. You find something to eat everywhere you go, and you like it. Who, oh, let me ask you this. Who the hell has a restaurant where they can't find at least one thing they can eat? It sounds like if we were in some sort of a pop apocalyptic world, Grumpy, you'd be gone. Maybe so. Like any of those fish, fish food places? <clears throat> Not eating any of the food there. <laughs> you can't eat any of the food at the fish places? I hate oh, fish. man. Um uh, Frank, they're saying, uh, yeah, Apollo. Uh, also, we played nine or 10 games with nine players from Bridgeport. Think about that. And uh, oh my God, Cracker Barrel. I love the chicken, uh, the chicken fried chicken. I've never eaten there. Um, James F saying, Grumpy, your thoughts on Chapman? Um, I couldn't hear the pitch sign uh, in, his, in his hat. Um, will this be a new problem? In I, baseball? I, I hate Araldus Chapman. I hate it. Why is that? I just don't think he's clutch. Oh, how many super? How, well, he's won a World Series. Yeah, he won a World Series. Yeah, but he was even shaky in the World Series he won. I just, I, in a big moment, I don't trust him. That's all. Don't like him. Wow. 
Oh, God. Um, and then Frank saying, not true. A lot of teams didn't play five games a week because uh, there were 10 games behind the whole season. That's that's yeah. right out of Barry's mouth. That's exactly what Barry said. Same thing. I, that's that's why they say it. They try to cow the, the fan base into believing that's why we were bad this year. No. So it buys them another year. No. They try to keep fans calm, fans excited. There's always season an excuse why we weren't good. Yeah. Well, they keep hearing that. Yeah. Kind of. Ha- yeah. So anyway, Anthony R says, hey, guys, just got home. I can't stay. Just want to jump on. Why didn't we win more games early then when we had all that time off? We should have been cleaning up, kicking every team's ass. But nope, we were below 500 most all year. Well, the reason that was grumpy old man was was because the Islanders couldn't get rhythm. Remember, because they played one game or three games on and then needed a whole week off. So all these other teams that were playing every single night had rhythm and we didn't we. We didn't have any rhythm because we weren't playing enough games, Grump. Just stop. Just stop making excuses. Just say we were bad this year. I, I, you know what? Okay, we were bad this year. Give you the benefit of the doubt for a year. That's it. Anthony R says, "Oh, hey guys, I can't stay here for a while. Just want to jump on. I'm so depressed about Mike Bossy. He was my favorite player. A very sad day in Ireland. We got hit hard this year with three losses. Absolutely." And the policy saying, yeah, we won 14 out of the last 21 games, including some playoff teams. Uh, so we're in, uh, we were, uh, we were the first 50 games or so. Uh, I think we did underachieve. And we were three and five against the playoff teams. It's the same thing all year. We can't be playoff teams. Who do you guys think the ugliest NHL player is and why? Is it Why is it Malkin? I don't think it's Malkin. I don't know who it is, but I don't think it's Malkin. I've seen Malkin uglier looks guys. Kind of like a ghoul. He looks ghoulish because he's got like I don't know if it, he looks kind of he looks ghoulish. I, don't I think, think he looks like a ghoul. I think it's the best way okay. to put it. It's like a ghost. I mean, Char is not real pretty either. Yeah, he's so tall though. A lot of times you're not looking at him like on. Looks like island. Lurch. Which Do one? Lur- Do you know who Lurch is? I, okay, yeah, I know who Lurch is. Grumpy. Who's Lurch? He doesn't know who Lurch is. <laughs> don't say you know if you don't I know. know. What, I know what a Lurch is. I don't know no, who no. Lurch is. There was a, there was a, uh, a TV show where Lurch was on it. Look up Lurch. All you have to do is put up Lurch, and you're going to pull it up. Oh, is this the Adams family? Yeah, that's right. Thanks for playing. You had no idea. Lurch. That looks like Chara. Oh, well. There you go. Fair enough. Um, and then uh, Jeremy F. saying here, have a good night and enjoy the Islanders versus the Leafs game. Happy Easter Islander fans. Thank you, Mike Bossy. You'll be missed. Very true. And then Tony Boy Curtis saying here, uh, did you guys see the photo of the fan in Vegas wearing a shirt that said, we deserve better than Leonard? LOL. Uh, what a shit bag. Well, um, he's like I said, he was benefited playing for the Islander system. Period. I, I mean, he was good with us. He was okay. I don't think he was great. Certainly not. Mar- I was surprised they got they kept him over Mark Andre Fleury. To be honest with you, I thought that was a mistake. And they coming through. It certainly was a mistake, right? Pony McCarter says, "Remember when they retired Tonelli's jersey and his daughter spoke out and said my dad's a piece of shit and abandoned my family and was never there for us?" No, that can't be true, is it? I, I do not remember that. <laughs> this sounds like the story of Helen Yeller when she said that Reggie Jackson not only would she not sign the jersey of his old grandma who was who was dying of cancer. It's, it sounds like it's one of those things that's that's it's so wild it can't be true, right? I don't know. It comes from Pony Boy Curtis, so you know. 
What, you got to take everything with a back or grain of salt? That's quotes, Grumpy. I know what quotes are. Those are quotation marks, Grumpy. Okay. Just sounds a little, I don't know. If you could buy me like five seconds, I was trying a little, to. A little don't, suspect. Don't you even worry, Grumpy. Um, uh, Frank there saying, damn it, TJ. You must watch that movie, bro. It's a must watch. And then Estevez is Charlie Sheen's brother. And Martin Sheen's son. Oh, yeah. He was also in Breakfast Club. That's, That's right. Breakfast Club. Yep. Yeah, there it is. He was the wrestler. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then Scott L saying here, uh, might lose to the Rangers because the game is not an MSG. I just I just think we always beat the Rangers. Imagine if the Rangers had beat us, they'd probably be winning their they probably be winning the division. They can't beat us. I don't think she I remember watching that one. I don't remember her 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 uh his daughter saying anything like that. It sounds like yeah. a scam. LRK Productions. You like how now he's put the period at the end of the grumpy to let you know it's not prod, it's productions. Uh, should uh, shouldn't the Islanders go back to their fish stick logos? I like the fisherman. I like the fisherman as, as an alternate jersey. I absolutely do. And it would sell. It would sell. That's what the third jerseys are there for. It's to sell, not to have just a different, a slightly different blue. I mean, come on, who are the marketing people that are in that Islander organization? Frank K saying it's going to be 65 35 Ranger fans on Thursday. I agree it's with going to that. Be embarrassing. It's disgraceful. I agree with that. That was it's always been a problem. And now the Rangers are winning and we're losing. And you know, those tickets are available at nine dollars uh, on the open market, on secondary market. So yeah. Uh, yeah. James F saying, uh, why did Carrie Price why did Carrie Price get the second star? He lost because he came back for his first game. Shouldn't get the th shouldn't get shouldn't get uh, third star. I didn't think he was spectacular. I don't think he deserves a star at all. Actually, uh, Pony Baker says, "Grump, how was that Harry Potter spinoff movie?" You nerd, nerd. Um, it was okay. It was okay. <sighs> actually, I did hear. Well, for people who don't know, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get into it. I what? did hear some information from J.K. Rowling on who Snape's parents were. She tweeted out who Snape's parents were, and they were two people in this movie. And I'm like, ah, interesting. Yeah, I think J.K. Rowling, she's pretty crazy, isn't she? Um, I don't know. She's rich. That much I know. She's very famous, that's for certain. Uh, Matthew S. said, every other team is clinched. If Washington wins, the Islanders need not lose another game. I don't think we should win any more games. I want to improve our draft position. Right yep. now, we're 13th. Hopefully, we lose all the games down the remainder of the stretch. It's just it typical. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Please. I swear to God, if we, let's say we lose tomorrow, we knock ourselves out mathematically eliminated because the, the Capitals did win today. They're back to 15 points up. Maybe we'll win every single game the remaining of the stretch because we want to fuck up our draft position. That would be typical Islanders. That's typical Islanders, isn't it? Back when we were really shitty, we would do that self-sabotage every, every single single year. year. We would we, be, oh, we're locked in looking like we're going to be second or third overall pick. And then we would go, hey, the Islanders have won seven of their last ten games to end the season. Now we're drafting sixth instead of third. It's almost like I remember even, even when we drafted Wallstrom and Dobson, we were, you know, ticketed for like number seven and ten. And then we go on a big win streak at the end and get eleven and twelve. And Carolina won. Carolina won the draft lottery that year, right? 
No. Svechnikov was number two. They won the lot. They went from whatever's thirteenth to two. Okay, maybe they did. They're one of the lottery winners. Yeah. Um, Ponybug Curtis says, TJ, have you ever had Dunkaroos? If so, what's your opinion? I like Dunkaroos. What I like to do is I eat all the graham crackers and I just eat the the delicious frosting. I eat them separate. Oh. Anyway, it's like an animal. <laughs> James F saying, "Hey guys, are you pumped for the USFL opener?" I think the New Jersey Generals were playing the Birmingham Stallions. Every team is located in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, they just have different names. Isn't that interesting? What a film saying. After your loss, I hope that you're doing well, Grumpy. Uh, you look as good as always. Stay grumpy. Thank you, Woda. Appreciate it. And then I kind of put Curtis said, what's your opinion on the movie Space Jam? And what do you guys think of Hulk Hogan? Go I ahead, CJ. I like Space Jam. It's a good movie. It's a classic. Uh, I like Hulk. Hulkamania. I'm like, man, he's he's a, he, you know, I like Hulk. No complaints. Yeah, I like Hulk Hogan. Space Jam, not so much. Um, <laughs> Frank saying you got the best questions as always. Pony Boy does. And uh, if you can get away with taking a piss on Sean Avery's head, how much would you drink beforehand? Wow, a lot. How about you, TJ? A couple of those. Big uh, fire hydrants. Oh my God. I saw Terrell Owens and I thought it said at 40, 48 years old, I thought Terrell Owens had died. I was like, I'm, I'm used to getting these bad updates on my phone as of recent. I, I don't know if I'm conditioned to see another person die, but I'm like, oof. Uh, Matthew S said, both Florida teams don't need scoring. Uh, we do. That's why those two teams uh, are not a landing spot for either Florida team talking about a guy like Philip Forrest. Yeah, he's right. I was, I was just throwing out there just the, uh, you know, the tax difference. Yeah. Policy says, yeah, Milbury traded away Roberto Luongo and Ole Jokinen for Mark Parrish and Ole Kavasha to make Rick DiPietro the number one goalie. Milbury was the worst general manager of all time. I wish, and I'll say this again, I wish one day we can get Mike Milbury on this show. Just once. Yeah. That would be fun. It'd We'd have great. a great time. Fun time. And he liked DiPietro because he was a guy from Boston. And he was from Boston, so he kind of liked his attitude. Didn't say much. Didn't say, you know, that he saw him play hockey much, but he just liked his attitude, which is so dumb. Uh, Matthew says here, uh, other than uh, other than their current teams, what other teams uh, better than us need a sniper? I think I think Detroit. I th well, here's the thing. I don't think Detroit technically in a standing is, is not better than us. I think when you look at the trajectory of Detroit, you say, mm, wow. Sign me up. Wow, sign me here. I, I, I here's the thing: if Detroit and the Islanders are offering me the same money, and I said I want a chance to win a cup, I'm going to Detroit. I like what Stevie Y did in Tampa, and I like what Stevie Y is doing in Detroit. I again, I'm I'm a big believer in Detroit will be legitimate in a few years. I think they're going to be on the cusp and make the playoffs next year. I've said it. Dating back to the very beginning of this year, I think Detroit will have a chance to make the stand or to make the uh, the, the playoffs this upcoming year. I really do every, believe that. Every team can use a Philip Forsberg. I don't think he's a sniper per se, but he's an excellent all around player, and every team could use a Philip Forsberg. I mean, like, what what type of cap space do the Devils have? Why would he go to the Devils? Again, why would he go to the Devils? If you're going to the Devils, you're just looking for money. 
I mean, if that's I'm if that's what you're looking for, is that what you want out of the play? Well, I just want to go to the place I make the most money. Is that the guy that you want? I don't know. When you look at a team, you say, okay, I'm I'm looking at the age of you know their their players too, right? You think, okay, Nico Heischer. You think of the Hughes brothers. You think of guys like Dawson. I say, okay, they've got young pieces. We've got pieces to build around. I think our and you look at our core. It's a really. I think our core is much stronger for actual proven players but you look at potential right they've got a lot more players with potential than our team does yeah they, That's they all I'm have, with that. you've got your dougie hamilton's right i think you know because here's the thing right if barry trotz is gone who knows what this team looks like barry trotz isn't going anywhere this offseason okay um but the devils have like 23 million in cap space but they have a whole bunch of restricted free agents that they need to resign P.K. Subban is uh, – I don't think he'll be back there. No. Certainly not at the ridiculous salary that he's making right now. Absolutely. I mean, $9 million a year for him? Ugh. Please. No. So, yeah, I mean, like, it just kind of depends team-by-team team basis. But I, who's to say he doesn't even sign back in Nashville? Yeah, it's possible. I was about to say, he hasn't ruled that one out. He's not saying, oh, I'm definitely testing the free agent market. There really hasn't been much on it, but it's still during the regular season. So, I mean, like Anaheim's another team where you say, okay, they've got cap space. They're a team that's young. You look at a few guys there that could maybe be exciting. So it just kind of depends on what he's looking to do. So yeah, I mean, uh, about Forsberg and Johnny Goudreau. I don't think Johnny Goudreau has any interest in coming here. I think if we get if we have a chance for one, it's Forsberg. I think Goudreau has zero interest in coming here. And Nashville has $23 million in cap space, too. He does want to stay there, but uh, I don't think they want to give him the type of salary that he's looking for. I think that's been the issue the whole time. Joseph C. says here, my deepest condolences to the Islander fans about the death of Mike Bossy. Uh, didn't get to see him play, but appreciate how amazing of a goal scorer that he was. He was. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, Frank there saying, this team is so close to winning. Defense wins a little more scoring, and we're at the cup. Forsberg will see this and know this. We're 20 points out of a playoff spot. Think about the players. who. I mean, Brock <laughs> Nelson, there's no way he's going to take a step forward. He's probably going to take a step backwards. Absolutely. I think certain players are going to take a step backwards. And you look at it, right? I think some players can take a step forward. Can I see Matt Barzal being as bad as he was this year regarding production? Probably not. But I, I don't know. I mean, Bavillier has proven to be un, uh, unbelievably inconsistent. I think he is what he is. He's an inconsistent player. So, and Giordano just got scored. It just scored it in overtime. So, ah, there you go. There's Toronto. They won it in overtime. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you. And uh, he doesn't score against us tomorrow. Rob L saying, "Bossy, rest in peace." Very sad for certain. It is Rob. And then James F uh, saying, "You get Forsberg." It's Andrew Ladd all over again. Um, Andrew Ladd was always banged up. Just the Andrew Ladd a better contract, I think, cap wise than Forsberg will be on. Yeah, um, but Andrew Ladd was kind of beaten down by the time he got to the Islanders. He was a, he was a really good player when he was in Winnipeg, and Chicago, and Carolina. I mean, how many Stanley Cups did he win? But, you know, that physical style kind of wears you out over time. He was one of those warrior types. And yep. Forsberg isn't one of those type of players. I think Forsberg game game is going to last longer than Andrew Ladd's game will. But, I mean, Andrew Ladd originally signed $5.5 I mean, I'm telling you, 
Philip Forsberg is going to want close to $10 million a year. I wouldn't now, sign eight, him. He's not a $10 million. Himself, that's going to be an eighth of what the salary cap is currently. He's when not- we signed, really quick, when we signed Andrew Ladd, it wasn't for that percentage of the cap space. Okay, if he's a $10 million a year player, what are you giving Matt Barzell? $10 million. See, You have to consider that, right? Yeah. He's certainly, he's, Matt Barzell is certainly worth more than Philip Forsberg. Yeah, I'd agree. But here's the thing. People think we could survive with that, Matt Barzell. Uh, Joseph C. said, yeah, the best goal scorer I've ever seen, Ovechkin and Hull. Uh, caught the last few years of Lemieux's career as well. Mm-hmm. And Mario's the generals are up 14 to 7. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. And the Yankees just blew up. Uh, score a few. Donaldson, a two-run homer. And Bossy is still the only player to score four game-winning goals in one series. Pretty incredible. Yeah, it certainly is. What a film saying here. You see uh, Canada is in North America. Um uh, which makes us Americans too. So the states is what you are. Yeah, we're just part of the states. There it is. That's it, Grumpy. That's it. Okay. And I watched that show too, Grumpy, talking about the baking show, the cooking show with yeah, Galping Gourmet. And guys, it's way too late for Tarasenko. He's on fire right now. Thirty-two goals, forty-one assists, and seventy-three points. That's what happens. We don't have the balls. We talked about it all off season long. Here's the if thing: he was legitimately for that. Make the freaking move. Grow the nutsack. Make the moves. Do you remember what it was? Samuel Balduk and Josh Bailey for Vladimir Tarasenko. I don't even believe that now because it's so ridiculous of an offer. I think or, about it. As or Mayfield and a second round pick, or Balduk and a second round pick. But the whole reason that I was upset is because Trotz and Lamarillo said. It's copper bust. It was copper bust. And you did nothing to improve the team. That was my issue. It was always my issue. You got yourself, and that's why I was against the Parise signing. He was a third-line guy. That's not a difference maker. And Zidane Ochara. Hmm. If it's copper bust, you should be loading up. That's what you should have been doing. We didn't. We just treaded water, brought in a couple of old old timers, and thought that was going to be, what, good enough? It wasn't. Matter of fact, it just proved my point. We weren't even good enough to make the playoffs. We were lucky to make the playoffs the last couple of years. Lucky. That's over now. Luck is done. Ponyboy Curtis says, you guys happen to see Jackass 4. What a great film. No, I didn't. Um, It was better without Bam. Was it really? And he says, F that guy. I thought Bam was kind of, he's kind of a little... Yeah, kind of a little bit of a bitch sometimes, but he's out of like all the guys, right? Out of the guys who do these crazy stunts. He was always the guy that was kind of like, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't know. I like Bam and his character, but I haven't seen Jackass 4. PK um, was in it and slap-shotted a punk in a dangerous, in the dangerous uh, nuts. It's a must-see. Oh, God. In his little. James F. saying, yeah, uh, I love when Carlin talks about the game of golf. He was great. That observational humor, really good. Frank saying, got to try Cracker Barrel. It's great. Absolutely, it is. Frank Hayes said, season was lost in the offseason. Nothing was addressed. Since Lou thinks we can win next season with this lineup, we're so screwed. Um, expect the same results. No playoffs. Cracker Barrel also rules. And chicken fried steak, the end. That's what I'm afraid of. And then every then you're a year older. and uh, You know, we'll talk about it in the offseason. But that's why 
I'm willing to take offers on anybody except for a few players on this team because by the time we're good again, they no matter who the favorites are for some of these, some of the fans, there's a reason why you move on from them, which does expedite the rebuild. Uh, Andre M says, guys, if the Islanders don't make necessary big moves this offseason, the next year is another down year. Trots won't be the only one sent packing. Grandpa Lou will be gone too. Yeah, at, they should. Both they should, gone. They should already be transitioning away from Lou Lamorello. Or looking. I was about to say, they should, for Lou Lamorello, they should be looking, having somebody learn underneath him, as you've mentioned a million times. He's 82 years old. Yeah, sorry, buddy. We we gave you the chance. We gave you the opportunity. You know, even if you have to lie and say, "Hey, we still like you," but you're not going to be here when you're 84, or 85, buddy. Take some time. Learn to garden. Spend some time with your kids. Well, don't spend some time with your kids if they're going to be with the Bridgeport Islanders. So, oh, uh, yeah, don't spend any time with Fredo. <laughs> Jesus, oh man, Grumpy. What's your favorite hardcore punk band? I don't know if you call them hardcore punk, but I absolutely love the Clash. Love the clash. Who'd win a fight, Josh Bailey or Sean Avery, and why? Sean Avery, right? Sean Avery because Josh Bailey's a bitch. Who would win in an arm wrestling match, Nicole Sherman or Isles Girl Three? Kim or Isles or Kim or Nicole Grumpy? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Probably Nicole. I think she's she's bigger. I think Kim is pretty short. Yeah, I, I have no idea. So. It's like, I think I could take both of them. Were, right, if you're taller like that, the fulcrum. If you're much leverage, is it, easier, is it easier to win when you're taller? When you're yes, you get the okay. leverage. Okay. Well, I don't know. I you know who knows. Whoever's taller, that's who I'm putting it on. I bet whoever's I. Whoever's got the scouting report of whoever's looking up their Wikipedia page <laughs> says that who's taller. That's who I'd put money on. If I, it's supposed to be whoever's got bigger, who taller arms, longer arms. I can beat both of them. Oh, really, Grumpy? You could be in both of them with yeah. your eyes closed, right, Grumpy? Well, with my hand locked with theirs, I could. Oh, man. Brett Burns is the ugliest hand down. It's funny. I thought Brett Burns. As soon as you said ugliest, I thought Brent Burns, but I was like, eh, okay. I, you know, I could see maybe Matthew looks a little bit like a, a ghoul. Pony Big Curtis also says, um, were you guys personally affected by the death of Gilbert Godfrey? Did he die? Yes, a couple weeks ago. For real? Yeah, and I think he was 65 as well. He Gilbert wasn't very old. Godfrey. Right. He played uh Zazu, the uh the parrot in uh the Aladdin. He was doing cameos and shit like that. Remember he did the cameo talking about he, he, he did he read he, it. He was the Aflac duck for a while until he got kicked out for there for some ridiculous reason. Um I remember him doing Comedy Central roasts. The one about a guy about Roseanne Barr was hilarious, where he described her as some type of like a Godzilla, Rosilla, um, like a Godzilla monster coming through killing towns. And do you remember like he read recently? We had put him up. Think about how crazy this is. He yes. was reading the comment from Brady Kachuk when they got into, yes. or whatever Kachuk brother got in that fight with the guy who would like punched him or like did something weird. Like I don't know what the hell he did. Like grabbed him oddly, and and Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey read that. My God, I can't believe he just died. That yep. was happening when I was on vacation. I didn't even see about that. Everybody was all Will Smith, Chris Rock. I didn't even see that Gilbert Godfrey died. He did. Jesus. Pony McCurdles is saying, uh, if there's a Saudi Arabian hockey league, send Josh Bailey there. And I think Tonelli had a daughter um, where this might have been true, uh, but uh, the post has taken it down. I'm not sure. Huh. The post was taken down. 
oh, the post is taken down. I'm not sure. Um, Apex Senior or Apex Legend Senior Citizen says here the Islanders are winning just enough not to get an elite draft pick. When does Simon Holmstrom get his cup of NHL coffee? If Bridgeport doesn't make the playoffs, I'd like to see him getting it next year. Next year. Next year. Maybe. Grump, favorite uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. And uh, can you do an impression of Mark Wahlberg from the Four Brothers uh, for me? I can't, but uh, I liked him. I liked The Departed. Okay. I'm the guy who just does his job. Who the fuck are you? Say it again, Grumpy. He's like, who are you? He's, I'm the guy who does his fucking job. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, the FBI. You know what I do? I treat them like mushrooms. Just feed them shit and keep them in the dark. Oh, man. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, you're, yeah. I bet you were uh, uh, dropping your vowels and rolling your eyes. You're Southie. One thing, you're not a fucking cop. Actually, that was Martin Sheen said that, like that. Matthew S. says here, you'll never get Millberry on the show. He's a piece of shit. I bet he would. Well, no, he wouldn't go on this. Actually, this is it's probably his, his type style, of show. I think. This, this is, is his type of show. And yeah. we would not bury him. I don't I, know. Maybe no. a little bit. Come on. I would, I, I'll would. i be honest with you. If we ever had Millberry on, I'd have a whole bunch of clips. I'm like, dude, <laughs> hindsight's 2020. But I always It would be that. fun for him. It, it would be, be fun, fun for him, absolutely. Is it like two freaking two freaking goobers. Over what don't here? you want to talk to? And that'd be the first question. <laughs> what don't? What's off limits? All righty, Mike. I know we talked about this off air. What's off limits? I don't want to talk yeah. about the Luongo trade. So, what was it like trading Roberto Luongo? Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> um, I would like to see the Islanders go for Connor Garland or Brock Besser in the offseason. Grump, who would you give up for them? You're going to have to give up Anthony Bavillier plus. Plus, yes. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm not giving up draft picks. I'm sorry. This team is not in position to give up draft picks anymore. We weren't last year, and we did. Mm -hmm. We weren't two years ago, and we did. What a film saying here. Grumpy, I just watched the Patriots at the Cowboys in 2007, and I watched the old Cowboy games. Brady threw for five touchdowns at 388 yards. And 2007, that was something. It's not like a it's not like a QB thrown for 388 yards in 2022, but holy shit, I forgot about that one. That was the undefeated, well, the one-loss season where they were just unbelievable. That's the first year they got Moss and Welker in the offseason. That's how you turn a team into being a winner. You're going to say, hey, it's Super Bowl or Stanley Cup or bust. I realize they didn't win the Super Bowl, but uh, we're going to roll it out there. And guess what? They gave up a second-round pick for Welker and a fourth-round pick for Randy Moss. Different different in the NFL, pl- trading for players than is in the NHL. True. James Absolutely Moore. true. But that's what it means. Hey, when it's Super Bowl or bust, that's what you do. You actually go out and get players who can make your team better. James F. saying, you guys should listen to the YouTube of Mike and the Mad Dog. They had Mike Milbury on the show. The first question they ask is, Mike, why are you still the general manager of the Islanders? Because the team was so bad. Uh, Paulo C. Go ahead, Grump. No, I I think that's hilarious. Um, And then uh, Paulo C. said, TJ, I don't think Detroit will make the playoffs next year either because there's too many good teams. uh, But, you know, I know what you mean. 
Yeah, I was about to say, if they don't make it next year, I think they're shooing two years from now. I think there's a lot. I Here's the thing. I will promise you this much. Stevie Y will not do nothing this offseason. He will make moves to further progress the team. I could promise you that. And whether that's signing a guy like... Here's the thing. Tell me Detroit wouldn't benefit from trying to sign a free agent like Mark Giordano, throwing more money at him than what his value is because they have cap space and saying, I want you to teach guys like Mo Cedar, and I want you to teach some of these young defensemen we have, Albert Johansson's, who are going to be breaking the lineup. They need a few guys who have some veteran leadership as well as they're helping teach the young guys how to play. We had to give away a second-round pick to get rid of Nick Letty, right? Yes, and then they got a second and players at the deadline for Nicoletti. Remember that? I just that tells me Lou Lamarillo. I don't know what the hell he's doing anymore. Andre M says here, uh, TJ, why do you say Gaudreau has zero interest in coming here? I don't think he wants to play our style. Nobody does. Except for the guys who are here. Forwards don't want to play that style. If you're saying, hey, Johnny Goudreau, I can offer you a chance to win and being competitive, and we're going to let you play your style. We're going to help you be as offensive-minded as you can. You say, hey, Johnny Goudreau, I know we made it to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, but I know we didn't make the playoffs last year, but I want you to start subjugating your game to be more defensive-minded, and you're going to play less offense. I, I don't think that's necessarily a huge, you know, I don't think that's going to be a huge selling point for him. You know players talk. Yes. And if you're Johnny Gaudreau, what player on the Islanders are you going to talk to? Let's say it's not going to be Anders Lee. It'll be Matt Barzell, the best player on the team. And do you think that Matt Barzell is going to give a rousing endorsement of the Islanders system and that Johnny Gaudreau has to be here? I don't think so. Drew L says, uh, I can't believe the Yankees lost to Baltimore yesterday. Pure embarrassment. Thanks, Aaron Hicks, um, for the DP, the double, double play, play with the bases loaded. Well, it, that it, that does stand for double play, not like, uh, you know, a defensive back Cooper. So I said double play, DP, double play. I, I just want to make sure that, you know, you went DP because I know you went, uh, you know, for defensive back Cooper, DB Cooper. You remember him, defensive back Cooper. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Nick D says here, uh, Bueno Pasta. Pasca? What is that? Bueno Pasca. Happy Easter, you two. The first two moves Lou should do. One, move Bailey as soon as possible. Two, have a chat with Barry to see if he wants to leave or change his style. Not going to happen. What do you think smells worse? The NHL locker room between periods or the smells that the security people have to inhale when breaking up fights on Jerry Springer, uh, they've got to get pretty close to those armpits. Okay, I'm going to say that the people that are having the scraps on the Jerry Springer show are probably like pounded with perfume when they come in. If you see those people, I mean, they're probably people that are like put on perfume like by the by the gallon. I think the NHL locker room smells worse. Yeah, I was going to say something about that earlier that it's. It, it doesn't. I don't have it set up. It was bothering you earlier. It was, I. It was crooked, but I'm like. I'm Does it also bother it. you that the 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 actual this portion's effed up too? Does that bother you, Grumpy? You're a loser. What can I tell you? I know. I know. One day I just got to get rid of it. Oh, uh, somebody said yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody said that. So I appreciate it. Um, wind start blowing through the like the big bad wolf. Serious question, guys. I want a real debate. Who would win between a grizzly bear or a silverback gorilla? I think well, silverback gorilla, no I, doubt. 
they're really not indigenous to the same areas of the world. So it depends if it was silverback would maul a, a maul a bear, just to maul them. Have you seen those things when they start pounding their chest? It's like, blah, 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 blah. it sounds like their air. That's just all muscle. They're slamming on silverback gorilla. No doubt. Yeah, But if you're like up, like in the Arctic where those bears are hanging out, that gorilla is probably going to be pretty cold and he could be a little slow on the, on the upkeep. Okay. I know you're just trying to make it like you're trying to disagree with me on this. You think silverback gorilla too. I think it's a no brainer. Silver. Yeah. Yeah. The silverback gorilla. I mean, but you know, what are the chances of them fighting? None. Have you seen how quick and agile those things are? I think you'd get on a bear and just, and just maul them. Oh, I'm just saying that, you know, unless one of them's taking a plane to another part of the world, it's not going to happen. Tony Casa says, Mark Wahlberg impre impression contest. We can call in and do it. Off season, we'll do that. Off season, it's about to say. Off season, off season. Um, uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe go F yourself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe go F yourself. Yeah. Boston coaches and general managers always destroy New York teams. Ash the Giants. Ah. Uh, elevators and escalators don't just elevate and escalate they also lower their names only tell half the story oh look at that he thought about that max really thought about that he's right mm -hmm. <laughs> grumpy have you ever done acid no um <laughs> no <laughs> why why are you pausing thinking about it do you not know if you did acid or not no i've never have or are you trying to make people think that you're a Billy Badass over here? Like, don't uh, you. I don't remember. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay, there you go. He's tripping so hard. Um, yo, Tom Brady, where's my bread? I need my bread, Tom Brady. Yomi, what is that from? I don't know. Yomi. Oh, that's probably. Uh, that's. Um, oh gosh, which one is that? Is that's Mark Wahlberg? Which one is that? What movie is that? Well, that was George Carlin. Okay, who said that? Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Only tell half the story. Ah, yeah. I get it. Smart, I get it. Again, smart, smart humor. Don't you love smart humor? Mm. It's great. Uh, and then Andre M saying here, TJ Goudreau seems to love the Suter style, uh, which is defense heavy too. Yeah, but Suter has adapted. He's altered his style to fit the players that they have in Calgary. I'm not saying that he hasn't implemented more of a defensive structure there, but it's not all defense all the time there. Absolutely is not. I'm trying to that's one thing that Sutter does that Trotz is not capable of doing. Tailoring the system to the players that you have. He's not capable of doing it. I mean I'm trying to think about I'm trying to think about Calgary too. They score a shit ton of goals. I mean, like their team, they still, I know they, they, they've played defense this year, but they still are heavy on the offense too. And you talk about a team that's quick. Think about it too. Calgary is a team that could be really quick in the forge. They're really, really quick in transition. And they're, they could be a heavy four checking team. Not only do not heavy four check, we're not very quick in transition. I mean, Calgary is a team that we're across the board. Every single one of those players, a majority players could skate extremely well. That's a team that can give Colorado problems out west. Hmm. I mean, you just look at—I mean, look at the skaters on that team too. I mean, the team—they're fleet of foot for the most part. So it's as simple as that. Um, anyway, uh, moving right along here, uh, Bears are probably stronger, man. I don't know—a lion versus a tuna. 
that uh, I think that was, guys. that was from the other guys uh, with uh, Will Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Jeter is a biracial angel. Oh man! Oh man! That's right. That's right. But here we are, guys. We're here at is the. That in, is that in the water? Or is that on the land? Because I'm going to tell you what. I'll take the tuna every time. You get out there, you know, in the middle of the ocean. I'm going to take that tuna. We're going to start hunting. We're going to start hunting you down. Oh, anyway, uh, Grumpy. We're here at the end of the podcast. So what do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't. From TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Grumpy Old Man. We will be here Tuesday covering the Islanders game live. So it'll be another out of the few Islander games there are left this season. We will for certain be covering the Tuesday game against the Florida Panthers. We'll be live tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you, Grumpy Old Man. My pleasure.